Do we got waves? Oh, we got wavy oh, waves. We got waves. No brain waves, but we got sound Ooh, look waves. Look at those beautiful waves. They're like little mountains. Yeah. Of our voices. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> It's Morgan. It's Megan. And, and we're in. in. Cool. I did that right, at least. Yeah. Nice. You know, one out of 17 ain't bad. Go me. Woo. Coffee time. Oh, yeah. Mmm. There's so much ice in here. <laughs> yes. I have a warm drink, so I can't shovel my ice around, but... I've stopped asking for light ice in my Americanos because it's pretty lukewarm when you first get it. And oh. I was like, all right, I can deal with a little bit of extra ice. That's fair. Also, totally meant to tell you when we were there, but I'm just going to tell you now because I hate it. The lady behind me ordered a venti iced caramel macchiato with an additional four pumps of white mocha syrup, which is insane. That's so sweet. There's caramel drizzle, vanilla syrup, and white mocha syrup in there now. Uh, and also just one shot of espresso. Oh. That's got to be just like sweet milk. Yeah, <laughs> with like a tiny hint of caffeine. A little bit of caffeine, which like okay. Oh, and she, I no, that wasn't the employee. There was someone else behind me. It was like an olderish lady, but I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Hi, baby. Do you want to come up? See, we took a while getting set up, and then as soon as we start talking, Newt's like, hey, what you do? What you doing? Why? Why you gotta sit on the cords? <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah, that fuck, was short lived. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> god damn it you're so cute right anyways that's recording at megan's house (laughs) hey everybody hi we are back uh with an avatar episode it seems like it's been forever it does seem like it's been forever i don't really know oh because we haven't had time to watch it that's probably why Mm -hmm. i was like why haven't we oh because we're super fucking busy Uh the last like two episodes were like what can we just sit down and talk about with no prep for like an hour Uh, um, so I think we should just get right into it because these episodes are really packed and my summaries are real long. Yeah, let's go. Cool. So, uh, for anybody not keeping up, we are on Avatar book three now. Um, yikes. and today we're going to be doing chapters one through nine. Yikes, yikes, yikes. So chapter one. Oh, 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 sorry. Before I start, I just want to let everybody know that there are not four chi- four books. There are only three. I did not know that you had been doing this the whole time under the impression that there were four books. Yeah, I thought there was four books. No. Yeah. No airbook. There's only three books, guys. Mm -hmm. This is the last book. Because at the start of each book is like him starting to learn that element. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Chapter one, The Awakening. Aang wakes up on a Fire Nation boat with hair. I was going to say, my first note is literally, Aang has hair in caps. (laughs) Uh, With the gang wearing Fire Nation gear. Uh, Zuko is super nervous to return home and is kissing May? Question mark? Right. <laughs> Aang comes to, um, and Katara's dad is on the Fire Nation ship with the rest of the crew, and Katara is throwing attitude at her dad, but is claiming she is not mad at him. <laughs> I love that, when she's just, like, such a huge prick, and you're like, whoa, Katara, damn. And then her dad leaves, and Aang's like, are you mad at your dad? And she's like, no, why? Like, she's totally right? fine again, and I'm like, what? Literally. 
Why are you the way that you are? Hey, we're good, man. Um, Katara tries to heal Aang with waterbending, and that leads to Aang remembering that he actually died, and Katara saved him with the spirit water from the North Pole. Um, Azula and Zuko get a warm welcome for defeating the Avatar and also conquering the Earth Kingdom. Um, I put in brackets, I love the shot of the tanks coming in from the Fire Nation. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but it was like, I guess in this world, I didn't really think of them as, like, owning tanks. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, just having a ton of tanks running in, I was like, oh, shit. One of the Fire Nation's, like, big thing is, like, technological advancements because fire is, like, an element that can run machines, literally. So Yeah. And, like, yeah, like, the drill. I'm pretty sure we see, like, those tanks that, like, flip and stuff, like, the ones that yeah. climb the air temple. Like, they, they sort of give you little peeks to them, but then, mm. like, this is just, like... They're basically cars. Yeah. They're like crazy little war go-karts that just like roll Mm -hmm. into the Earth Kingdom. Yep. Also, that's the first time ever in history that the actual walls of Ba Sing Se have fallen. And it was taken down by Earthbenders, which really fucks me up. I know. I don't like that Earthbenders did it. Also, like, something I don't think anyone thought of was the fact that Earthbenders are 100% capable of just being like, boop, and just knocking it over. Yep. Um, I also put Zuko's back with his bun, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. And he looks really weird in just the Fire Nation garb now, because we haven't seen him. Hey, hey. Get it. <laughs> we haven't seen him in uh, Fire Nation outfits for so long. He's just going to lie there and be mad. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, he just, it looks super weird. Yeah, he looks very weird. Um, Sokka explains that they flew back to <clears throat> excuse me to chameleon bay where the other water tribemen were with his father the earth king decided he wanted to travel alone so him and bosco set off i love that him and bosco set off i'm so distracted by this cat right now he's fine uh yeah i love that him and bosco just went on like a little world hopping journey i was mm-hmm. like ah. uh <clears throat> they captured one of the fire nation ships and took it as their own and it's working as a great disguise uh no one has actually bothered them so they are now working on a modified version of the invasion plan. They can't do a massive invasion without the Earth Kingdom army, but they can do. They still do a smaller invasion with uh, the eclipse that's coming. Sokka also reveals that Aang is their secret weapon, because everyone thinks he's dead. Aang is devastated that the world thinks he's dead, and he hates having to hide from the enemy. Um, basically, right after that, another Fire Nation crew boards their ship to ask why they are off course and not going to Ba Sing Se. They say they are from the Eastern Fleet, and the general asks them to deliver cargo. The captain complained uh, that Admiral Chan didn't send a note to let them know one of his ships was coming their way. Uh, Katara's dad was like, we'll send two next time, and then everything was cool. But then one of the crew members told the captain that Admiral Chan has been on a leave for the last two weeks. And he's like, huh, that's weird. That's suspicious. They should probably know about that. So they say as they leave that they're going to sink the ship. Toph hears this. So she earthbends the ship, so yeah. they fall into Metal the water. Bends the bridge and just yeets them into the water. I God. fucking love it. She just, like, grabs it and, like, crunches the bridge. And uh-huh. you're like, damn. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Then Katara waterbends the back to their ship. Oh, waterbends them back to their ship and then also floods the fireball on the ship so they can't move and they can get a head start. Also, like, Katara is powerful enough now to raise the amount of ocean water Mm -hmm. between two huge warships that comes up to the deck which is like pretty tall and enough to like push a whole boat away so they're already like hey 
Katara's gotten crazy mad powerful, by the way. Oh, yeah. Katara's, like... FYI. Amazing. Crazy bitch. Um, Azula and Zuko talk about Zuko being nervous to see their dad because he didn't capture the Avatar. Azula's like, who cares? He's dead. Unless there's a way he survived. I fucking love Azula so much. I know. (laughs) Zuko remembers the spirit water from the North Pole that Katara showed him. Zuko out loud says, nope. There's no way he can be alive. Definitely not. And I'm super glad that he didn't say anything about mm-hmm. that. Because when he when he starts having that memory, you're like, Zuko, don't you fucking dare. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare. The thing is, at first when he didn't say anything, I thought he was like being a good person. But then I realized he just didn't want anyone to know mm. that he wasn't actually <laughs> dead. Um, the ship chase begins. Toph earthbends a boulder over to the catapult on the other ship. But then the other catapult was loaded and sends over a fireball that Toph dodges with another boulder. Um, the other ship sends over an arrow to make a hole in the ship to try and sink it, but Katara fixes it with water bending, which I'm still not quite sure what happened, but she it was amazing. Ah, oh, she freezed it. Yeah. Okay. It was underwater, so yeah, I was like... she just froze it shut. I was like, I don't know what the fuck you did, but that was cool. Um, then... She then also brings water vapor around the ships for some cover. So fucking cool. Yup. Like, that's a huge amount of mist. Uh-huh. Uh, but the fireball does come through and destroys the rocks... I think that's what I wrote, but I'm I don't even remember. Wait, what? It says the fireball comes through the mist and destroys the rocks. Oh, like their boulders oh, yeah. that Toph was their using. Little stack of- yes, yes, yes. I was like the rocks that Toph was using. <laughs> um, Aang gets incredibly frustrated that he can't do anything, but Sokka point out points out that he's still hurt and he also can't be seen. Uh, the gang is in a bad way, uh, and then a water monster comes up just as Sokka says, "It can't get mu- can't it can't get much worse." Yeah, <laughs> it's like amazing. Um, and it's funny. He's like, thanks, universe. Like, this sucks. Yeah, this is balls. And then the other ship sends a fireball at them, but it hits the monster. And then the monster decides to take that ship instead. So then Sokka thanks the universe for real. Also, uh, by the way, that monster is the sea monster that they <clears throat> fought earlier at the Serpent's Pass. I thought so. Because at the vi- like the very beginning of the show, when they're looking at the map, they're like, we- we're just passing through the Serpent's Pass. And I was like, you guys seem really chill about that. Do you guys not remember that there's a sea monster there? And then that happened, and I was like, oh, yeah. There you <laughs> cool. go. Uh, the gang wants to go out and get food after the fight, but Sokka says Aang has to cover up his arrow if he wants to go, but Aang refuses. Katara stays behind with him and points out that he probably doesn't want people to think that he's uh, dead because he doesn't want people to think he failed. He agrees, but because he feels he did fail... Aang also says he hates the invasion plan because he doesn't want people risking their lives for him and he wants to face the Fire Nation alone. He tells Katara he needs to redeem himself and get his honor back. I thought that was an interesting double with Zuko. I was going to say my note, I literally have the quote, I need to redeem myself, I need my honor back. And it shows, I think it's the right side of Aang's face in the shot. And then it changes to Zuko's face and shows like the scarred half and goes on with him going to see his father. And I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. God, Avatar, why you got to be like that? Right? Um, Katara comes back to bring Aang food to realize he left the ship. Uh, he didn't even bring Appa with him? Like, what the fuck, dude? Um, Zuko's father tells Zuko he has redeemed himself and welcomes him home. Um, which Zuko seems to be, like, kind of surprised about. Also, like, does a Fire Lord just hang out in that room all day? With the fire going? Yeah, because yeah. every single time that we've seen him up until this point, he's just always hanging out there. And literally when Zuko walked in, I'm like, this is just in the middle of the day. Like, he didn't make an yeah. audience or anything. He's just <laughs> hanging out. And, all right. Yeah. Fire Lord's fine. Fucked. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Aang is not flying well because he's hurt. 
Um, and when Katara finds Aang's, Aang missing, uh, she tells her father that Aang left and he was stupid and selfish for thinking that he needs to do it alone. Um, her father suggests maybe that's his way of being brave. And Katara admits that she's hurt that Aang left them behind because they also need him. And Katara's dad realizes that she's also hurt that her father left her and Sokka behind. Um, I have a note about this. It was just like, oh, Katara, heart, 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 freaking out about Aang and her dad. And then underneath, I was like, because she's like, when she realizes it was how she was feeling about her dad, too. She's like, I understood why you left. Like, I know why you had to do that, blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm still hurt and sad about what happened. And I was like, Avatar coming in to let you know that even if you understand the reasons that something happened that doesn't invalidate your fear or anger or hurt or sadness about it. What up? The show is so emotionally like high level. It's crazy. Yeah, I really love that where she's like, Lis- listen, I know why you left. I understand it. I get I'm it. not like angry with you. But, I like, just I still I have feel feelings. upset. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, that's fine. Yeah. That's H- not fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his father tells her that he loves them more than anything, uh, never not thought about them, and at night he'd lie awake missing them. And they just, like, had a little hug cry about it, and it was super cute. Um, I'm just going to distract him. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Zuko's father tells Zuko that he is proud of him because Azula and him conquered Bossing Say, that, and that when his loyalty was tested by Uncle Iroh, he did the right thing, um, and that he captured Aang, and also that he slayed the Avatar. That he single-handedly slayed mm-hmm. the Avatar. Wow, you are so angry. Azula told their dad that he, that Zuko was the one that killed the Avatar. And I was like, that's super surprising, to be honest. Uh, but then it was revealed why. Uh, Zuko does not look happy about this at all. <laughs> uh, back to Aang, he comes across a bunch of Fire Nation ships and... This blew my mind. He used his glider to go under the water and through the water. Literally, I was like, I can't tell if he's airbending or waterbending. I think both. I think it's a little bit of both, and mm-hmm. it's so fucking cool. Yeah, and I love that he, like, used the glider to, to like, like, propel him under the like, water. Kind of, like, shoot himself through. Yeah, he's like a little, like, water rocket. It's so neat. Yeah. Um, he's incredibly tired when he comes back up, though. Um, he does find a log and uses that in his glider to make a makeshift ship, which is super cool. I was going to say, and then he goes log windsurfing, yeah. which is fucking awesome. Uh, but the storm that he's caught in is way too much, um, and you see him kind of go underwater and also drop his glider. Uh, Zuko confronts Azula about why she told their dad that he slayed the Avatar, and she admits that she gave the credit to him because he was so worried and to call it a generous gesture and a thank you for his help. Uh, she was happy to share the glory. Zuko obviously doesn't believe her and knows that she has an ulterior motive. Um, Azula just brings up that there is no way it can blow up unless Aang is somehow alive because that glory would then turn to shame and foolishness. Mm-hmm. Uh, my note for this, I have two. I like Azula's, pony- Azula's ponytail so much more than her regular hair really she's got like a little ponytail in at this part mm-hmm. and like even her little side pieces are longer and i was like i like that so much more than her regular hair That's i don't fair. hate her regular hair yeah. but i like the ponytail so much more and me I was too like, i like everyone in the fire nation's hair more when it's not in that dumb bun thing basically yeah. is where i landed on it uh and also zuzu you're not gonna close the door when you leave <laughs> her her bed is right in front of the door and he just walks away and i was like really you're just gonna leave the fucking door open she was just a giant bitch to him i know but i was like <laughs> zuzu <laughs> come zuzu. on <laughs> But yeah, she's crazy, but also like so intelligent. Yep. And just like casually drops like, oh, it, it can't blow up. You're fine. Unless, mm-hmm. of course, it turns out to be alive. Ha 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 ha. Anyways, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> yep. It's amazing. Um, 
Aang comes back up from the water and he's on the log floating. He realizes he can't make it alone <clears throat> and then he's failed yet again. Avatar spirit Roku appears saying Aang did not fail and if anyone failed it was Roku because he should have seen the war coming and prevented it from, from happening. Aang only inherited Ro- Roku's problems and mistakes but Roku believes that Av- uh, Aang is destined to redeem Roku and save the world. Aang doesn't believe him. And then Yue presents herself as the moon spirit and says he has already saved the world once and he can do it again, but he can't give up. And she's like all beautiful and like gliding. Oh, it's amazing. I get shivers every time that happens because I forget about it. And then the moon breaks and I'm like, Yue. I know. Princess bitch, I love her. And then she gives Aang the strength to say he won't give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he water bends a powerful wave to push him forward, and he ends up on the shore like near a volcano, which kind of confused me. But I think. And then the gang miraculously finds him, and I they know. don't explain it. Usually, when they randomly find him, they're like, "Oh yeah, like someone saw you," or like, "There's some explanation." Yeah. This time, it's just, "Hey, hey, yeah, I'm we like, found you." Um, he wakes up to Momo licking his face, and then the rest of the gang finds him, and they all hug. Uh, the invasion force stayed behind in the Fire Nation ship, and they will meet up with them on the day of the eclipse. Uh, they realize Aang's glider is broken, but Aang says it's okay because if someone saw it, then they would know his identity. So he dramatically sticks it in the molten rock, and then it catches fire. Character development, bitches! He's had that thing since episode one! I know. I'm actually, like, to be honest, when that happened, I was really sad, and then I haven't missed it through the rest of the episodes. Yep. It's really weird. Because, and it, I feel like it kind of clues in at that point that, like, he's started to use it less and less as he's learned how to bend the other elements also. It's not, he's not as dependent on it. Yeah. So, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, chapter two, the headband. Uh, Zuko can't- Oh, 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 oh wait. Oh. I had one more note that okay. I totally missed and then was like, it's okay. I'll go back to it. One of the first scenes you see of Zuko in the Fire Kingdom is him feeding the duck turtles at the pond where him and his mom used to feed the duck turtles. And I was like, oh, I want to die. True. I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. I just thought I was like, ah. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. That's cool. So uh, Zuko can't sleep and goes for a stroll to a part of the Fire Nation Kingdom. Uh, I don't know what it is. He doesn't go in and then leaves. They disguise. find out later. I know. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. as I was writing it, I was like, literally I was watching it and I was like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to be getting literally. from this scene. And then he went back later and I was like, ah, yeah, gotcha. Um, the gang mm. disguised Appa as a cloud, which is so sick. So smart. But then they like casually land on the ground and I'm like, real casual, guys. Yeah, right. Real casual. Because um, clouds move like that. Yep. That's fine. And Sokka says that they need to keep it down because even the birds are enemy birds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they find a cave to stop in and decide they need to get new clothes. They steal clothes that are on a clothesline, and they all look super great. Katara looks hot! Katara's Fire Nation outfit has forever and ever <gasps> been my favorite outfit in that entire series. And yeah, she looks banging. Mm. And she just wears it for like the rest of oh book three, I'm pretty sure. And you're just like, fuck. She looks so fucking good. So good. She's like, I want the silk robe. And then she puts it on, and I'm like, that's not a robe, honey. Mm-mm. But like, okay. Right. I'm, I'm here for it, fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Aang says he used to visit his friend Kuzan there 100 years ago, so they just need to follow his lead and stay cool. Or as they say in the Fire Nation, stay flaming. Stay flaming. <laughs> Flamio. <laughs> I loved that. Uh, also, sorry, I already had a note that I missed. when they're Before they go get the clothes, when they're in the caves, they're like, we can just be cave dwellers. And they're like, that sounds lame. 
And uh, Toph is like, does anyone else want to sit in a cave and eat cave hoppers? And she punches a wall and a bunch of cave hoppers fall down. And Momo is jacked. And he's yeah. like, yo, cave hoppers. Yep. And then they're like, no, sorry. Literally, Sokka's like, we're outnumbered, Momo. Yeah, sorry, Momo. <laughs> yeah. Um, they go to a meat stand and Aang's like, man, we're going to a meat stand. And they're like, bro, like. All they eat in the Fire Nation is me. Yeah, there's nothing else. And he's like, I guess I'll go get lettuce from the garbage. Which, like, I think it's the first time they actually straight up confirm that Aang's vegetarian. Like, I'm pretty sure it's implied before. I was going to ask you, and I was like, Am I I, did I just f- miss this? No, or? I think it's the first time that they actually, like, confirm that he mm-hmm. doesn't eat meat. Yeah. Um, they, oh, sorry. Guards find Aang on the street, and they say he skipped school <laughs> because he's in his uniform. <laughs> So, yeah, they're like, we know who you are. Or, like, did and you he's think? like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, did you think you were going to get away with this? And Aang's just like, what? And he's what? like, if you want to skip school, maybe take off your school uniform next time. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whoops, I stole a school uniform. Yep. Um, so they just assume that Aang is from the colonies in the Earth Kingdom because his etiquette is terrible. Um, and he doesn't bow to his elders. <laughs> the the teacher's like what should i call you mannerless colony slob and he's like just mannerless is fine yep um they let him wear oh sorry i i think i didn't change this to the teacher whatever so the teacher lets him wear his headband because he says he has an embarrassing scar and i was like is that like some, like a side shade to like zuko or that was just like i oh, guess maybe. what he first thought i don't know i don't know um <laughs> And then he says his name is Kuzan. Which is super cute. Yeah. Um, as he is leaving class, Anji catches him with a monkey and says she likes his headband. I love how he says catches him with a monkey. Catches Momo. I was going to say, it was Momo in his shirt. <laughs> she's just like, I, She's monkey. a nice monkey. Yep. Uh, a big guy came over and said that Anji is his girlfriend, so to back off. Um, Aang says, nice to meet you, as they walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, another group of kid- kids ask him to play hide and explode with them. <laughs> Which I love. How does that work? Right? They never explain it. So good. Um, Aang gets back to the cave super late, and the rest of the gang was, like, worried sick about where he was. And Sokka is shocked to hear that he was in school. Uh, Zuko ended up sneaking in, and he told the guard sneaking into the part of the castle and then he told the guard to keep standing guard and to not tell anyone about this it turns out it's actually the prison and they have iroh captured ang says uh he's learning a lot about the fire nation in school and thinks that it's an asset if he keeps going um and he's like look here's a photo of the fire lord ozai and here's one i made out of noodles (laughs) and sokka's like i'm impressed i admit it but, but <laughs> no more school. Yeah. Sokka thinks it's too dangerous, but Aang says they were supposed to learn about the secret river that leads right to the Fire Lord's palace. Oh, Oof. Um, so Sokka agrees for him to stay in school for a few more days to learn more. And then Aang says in, um, in like, joy, flamey-o. Flamey-o. <laughs> no. Did you not bring a spray bottle? No, I might have to quickly run and grab one. We'll see. Okay. Um, I also <laughs> love... Because when they're talking about him going to school, he's like, I'm going to learn a bunch, like, about a secret river that goes all the way to the palace and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Sokka's just like, I am a fan of secret river. Uh, I, I miss that. <laughs> and my note there is literally like watching parents take care of their annoying kid, LOL, which is funnier when it gets a bit later in the episode. Yep. <laughs> um, Zuko tells Iroh that he should have joined forces with them and they could have both come home with glory and that Iroh is a fool for not doing so. Iroh doesn't say anything. Uh, doesn't even face Zuko also. He's like facing nope, the wall. Yeah, he turns his back on him, which like, ouch. Yep. 
Uh, Zuko starts calling him crazy and he destroys a chair and says if he wasn't in jail, he'd be sleeping in the gutter and then leaves. And like, it's super sad, but I'm also like super happy to see that Iroh's like alive. For some reason, I thought they were going to kill him for like helping the Avatar. Yeah. But I'm really happy that he's at least alive. So sad. Um, at the beginning of class the next day, they have to recite the Fire Nation oath, <laughs> um, which is, I was supposed to go back and type it out, and I did not. Um, it doesn't matter. Ooh, I kind of want to look it up because it's really interesting. It is. As they were saying it, I was like, what the fuck? And then they're like, yeah. I don't think they finished it because Aang was being stupid. And I was like, I want to know what that was. That's well, wild. they actually finished it, but just Aang was like really choppily following along. And like the other kids were like laughing. So it was hard to catch the end. Um, my life I give to my country, with my hands I fight for Lord, Fire Lord Ozai and our forefathers before him, with my mind I seek ways to better my country, and with my feet may our march of civilization continue. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, They're making a little army, dude. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teacher does not- right, hold on. So... The teacher does not like that Aang makes the other kids laugh, so she gives them a verbal pop quiz, which I thought was going to be completely verbal, but she just said the question out loud, and then they write down their answers. Um, Aang actually reveals to the viewers that the history book is telling the total wrong story to the Fire Nation kids. (sighs) Um, And the teacher's like, what, were you like there a hundred years ago? Because this is what the history book says. And Aang's like, "Mm, no, I'm just going to guess. Sorry. And I actually like, I wrote down what it was because I really love stuff like this that the show is doing now in book three because they're really digging into it. So, um... It implies that the Fire Nation, because her question is, when did the Fire Nation army fight against the Air Nation army? And he's like, um, the Air Nation didn't really have an army. Like, they were kind of pacifist. Mm-hmm. They were defeated by ambush. And the teacher's like, blah, blah, blah. Like, the history book says this, this, this. Are you going to argue with history? And he was like, ah, no. But yeah, I like that they're giving that thing where it's like, the way history is written affects the way we perceive history if we're mm-hmm. raised reading those books yep it's really really interesting um in band class um (laughs) ang was dancing as he was playing the interest instrument and the teacher stopped him and he's like sorry i know i'm terrible and the guy's like no it's just like what are you doing with your body because ang ang's like oh i'm just dancing like that's what i want to do and the teacher says it isn't conducive to a learning environment and the next time he gets that feeling he can march in place instead well, and, like, there's a whole conversation, too, about how, like, he's, like, that's not conducive to, like, putting energy towards bettering the, the nation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, like, that's wasting energy for the nation. Like, that right. doesn't put anything towards it. So, like, okay, you can march in place, like, as if you're marching and that's it. And it's, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this is how children are going to school? Yeah, it's so messed up. Jesus. Um, on break, Anji says that she liked the dance Aang was doing and her boyfriend came up to try and beat Aang up this time. But Aang dodged his every move like a badass. Aang schools him by just not letting him hit him, which is the best. And then he actually flips him over to the ground. Um, But of course, the headmaster comes out right at that minute and is like, boy, you meet me after class with your parents. And Aang's like, parents? Oh, God. Um, Which end up being Katara (laughs) and Sokka. I love this. And they say their last name is Fire. Yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, Fire. I don't remember what his name is. And he's like, and my wife's name is Sapphire. And she's like, Sapphire Fire. Nice to meet you. My God. (laughs) They're so funny. Yep. 
Um, the headmaster says if he acts up one more time, he will be sent to a reform school, which is basically just the coal miners. Literally, he's like, he'll be sent to reform school or like, in other words, the coal mines. And I was like, what? Literally. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Zuko is very like dad-like and says, you're going to get the punishment of your lifetime when you get home. And headmaster's like, noise. <laughs> noise. Um, That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Zuko and May are watching the sunset, and May says, orange is an awful color. And Zuko says, she is so beautiful when she hates the world. And May says, she doesn't hate him. And he says, she doesn't hate her. And then they kiss. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> You're so beautiful when you hate the world. I don't hate you. I don't hate you too. And then they kiss, and I'm like, what? Right? <laughs> what the fuck is this relationship? <laughs> uh-huh. Azula interrupts them and tricks Zuko into admitting he visited Iroh. And Azula warns him to be more careful. And Zuko's like, what? Is that a threat? And Azula's like, I'm actually, like, being genuine. If people know that you're visiting him, they're going to think that you're conspiring. Like, I'm actually being helpful. Like, this is just me <laughs> dropping info. Like, if you haven't figured this out yet, here you go. Yeah. You know, act however you want from that. But, yeah. Uh, Sokka tells Aang no more school. But Aang says he's having fun being a regular kid. And my little heart got so sad for him. Um, he also wants to help the future of the Fire Nation by throwing the kids a secret dance party. And I say in brackets, hello, Footloose. Have you ever seen Footloose? Yeah, I love Footloose. This is literally Footloose. Literally Footloose. Oh my God. Um, Aang tells Appa he has to wait out back. (laughs) I love this so much. He's so sad. Even though he has a lot of fancy feet. (laughs) Like, I know, buddy, you've got fancier feet than anyone. And six of them. And then sends them out. I was like, oh, so cute. So cute. I love him. Um, Aang set up the Fire Nation band, the Flamios. Which, (laughs) yeah. And then teaches the kids to dance special Fire Nation moves, which he learned a hundred years ago. But he just said he happens to know them. Well, and it's cool because they're like, like, Fire Nation doesn't dance. We don't have dance moves. And he's like, yeah, you do. You just don't now. Like, here's yeah. your history. Like, For it's sure. cool that he's teaching them their history. Their culture. Yeah. yeah. That he experienced firsthand. <laughs> mm-hmm. He also explains it's a form of expression that no one can take away from you. It's so sweet. Ugh. Zuko brings Iroh chicken and admits to him that he has everything he wanted. Zuko has everything he wants, and but it's not how he thought it would be. Um, he also admits he needs Iroh's help because he thinks that Aang is still alive and he's losing his mind over it. Iroh still doesn't answer. Um, Zuko loses his mind again. Yep. But you can also see that Iroh does start to cry. Yeah, this is the first time, like, every other time he's just been silent. And then this time, like, after he leaves, they just pan to his face and he's just crying. And you're like, literally, my note, my note is, don't cry, Iroh, with, like, a big sad face. Right. I'm so sad. Um, Aang and Anji end up dancing together and it makes Katara jealous. <laughs> uh, he then tells everyone to freestyle and it's super cool. The kids freestyling is so fucking funny. I know. <laughs> like, and like for people that say that they don't dance, like they got moves. They got moves. Look at your cat. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> He's so cute. Are you just going to fall asleep like that? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. I want to pet the tummy so bad. He's like, hey. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mentioned petting my tummy. Anyways. <laughs> sorry. Um, Aang then asks Katara to dance, and it's the cutest thing ever. They dance so good together, and it's so cute, yeah. and there's so much, like, weird sexual tension because oh, they're yeah. children, but, like, I think the show does a good job of making it more emotional tension than yeah, sexual tension. For sure it does. I like that. And, like, literally, like, she, like, 
she was like, I don't really dance. Like, I don't know. And he's like, trust me. And she's like, okay. Okay. And then it's she gets so up cute. and they start dancing. And then she's like, everyone's watching. And he was like, don't worry about them. It's just me and you. It's so cute. And then Katara gives him doomy eyes. Yeah, man. It's, it's spicy. I love them so It's much. a spicy little scene. Yep. Also, uh, before we move on, just before that, Katara and Toph are sitting at a table drinking from cups. I want to know where the fuck those cups came from. They're like, they look weird. Like, they're not normal cups. And I was like, yeah. where did your cups come from? I don't know. I don't remember the cups. They sort of looked like ice, but I was like, wouldn't that just freeze your drink? I mean, it also, your keep hand. it cold, probably. It wouldn't freeze it, I don't think. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, Anji's <clears throat> boyfriend um, outs the dancing party to the headmaster, and they order the guard to get the boy with the headband. Uh, there are a lot of people in that cave with the same clothes and headbands, so it's very hard to find him. Mm-hmm. And you find out that Aang and one of the boys, like, orchestrated that just in case, which is super cute. Um, so, uh, uh, they escape through the back out of the cave. <laughs> um, and it's funny because, like, him and the little boy, like, make, like, a, hey, thanks. And then he, like, earth bends the thing shut. And the boy's like, what the, boy's the like, fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so they're leaving and they're like, hey, Sokka, you can take the mustache off. And he's like, no, I can't. It's permanently glued to my face. <laughs> he just like strokes it. I love it so much. We're safe now, Sokka. You can take that up. No, I can't. Yeah. Uh, Katara gives Aang a kiss on the cheek. Uh, Zuko hires someone to find Aang and kill him. <sighs> they did a dramatic zoom on his forehead, which I'm sure means something, but I have no idea what it means. <laughs> Um, and it's like this weird, like third eye tattoo on his forehead. Uh-huh. And we super find out what that means later. Super find out. Literally my note is Zuko hires a guy with an eye on his forehead to find the avatar. And then in brackets, I was like, oh, fuck me. I forgot about this guy entirely. Like, mm-hmm. I always forget about this guy and that he exists. Cause I'm like, yeah, they got the war to deal with. Cool. War. War. Yeah. We're on our way to, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> Chapter three, the painted lady. Oh, I love this episode. It was so good. Um, Appa is trudging through a polluted river. Aang was playing some kind of hide and seek with Momo, which was super cute. Yeah, it was adorable. Sokka says his fishing skills are usually off the hook. <clears throat> and no one laughs. Um, Toph says, too bad they're not on the hook, which and makes everyone, everyone laugh. <laughs> and Sokka's super annoyed. Uh, Katara suggests going somewhere to get food and Sokka fits it in the huge master schedule. Oh, my God. The schedule. Oh, my God. <laughs> They disguise Appa and Momo as little, like, hills, which is super funny. He just, like, tosses grass over him, and he's like, now you look like a hill with horns. Yeah. And you're like, "Ang." Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, a man named Doc gives them a ride to the town, and they find out that the Fire Nation polluted the river that the man's village used to fish from. Uh, Katara says they should help the town, but Sokka says they need to focus on the main mission, and that will be the way that we can eventually help them. They go to a booth and see a man named Shu that looks just like Doc, but with a different hat. <laughs> I and love them. Shu says they are brothers. He then changes hats back to Doc to give them a ride back. LOL. Katara gives some food to a child who has a sick parent, saying she wishes she could help more. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, Sokka is saying the schedule is now messed up because they need to get the Fire Nation to the Fire Nation in time to make the eight-minute eclipse. I love how they just randomly, like, bro, the eclipse only eight minutes. They just throw that out there so you don't forget. Yeah, they're like, hey, the eclipse is not that long. Yeah. Uh, so they have to leave first thing tomorrow morning. Katara thinks Appa is sick, 
probably from the polluted water. His tongue is all purple. And Aang's like, Katara, can you heal him? And Katara's like, mm-mm, we'll have to go back to town with herbs. <clears throat> and watching that at first, I was like, man, he must be, like, pretty sick if Katara can't heal him. Mm-mm. Bitch. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> the people in town seem much happier today. And Shu tells them that food was delivered to their town by the painted lady last night. Uh, We see the Painted Lady using magic to heal the sick people overnight, and we notice that the Painted Lady is Katara. No, she hasn't healed people yet. That's, like, later that night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She comes back a second night and heals people, because they're like, oh, oh, because they try to buy the medicine, and they're like, all our medicine goes up to the factory. That's why everyone here is sick. Yeah. And she's like, (laughs) yeah, no, no more. Um, So then the next day, they need more food because Appa is still sick, and they find out um, what happened. Yeah, they find out about oh, all of the town yeah, getting yeah, yeah. healed. Oh, because they're holding, like, a festival. Yes. And they're like, what's up with the festival? Yeah. Everyone seems, like, way chill now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sokka <clears throat> said that if the painted lady really wanted to help, she would blow up the Fire Nation factory. Um, <laughs> spirit magic doesn't work like that. <laughs> Sokka and Aang argue over what sound spirit magic would make, which made me laugh so That was hard. so silly. And I love how it's, like, because Sokka's, like... Use spirit mag- magic. It'd be like, woo. And Aang's like, it doesn't work like that, Sokka. It'd be more like this. And you're just like, oh. And they do a sound. And then they like have their arms. together. Oh, it's so cute. Um, So that night, Katara starts to sneak out to blow up the Fire Nation factory. Uh, Momo and Aang hear her and go after her. Momo. Yeah. Momo and Aang. For for some reason, I thought I wrote Appa. Momo and Aang hear her and go after her because they think it's the Painted Lady and they want to see if she can heal Appa. Um... (laughs) But, like, the chase scene is epic, and Katara is actually walking on water at one point. She's literally just, like, because she, like, skirts across it. Like, she does a little misty thing. But then, yeah, at the very end, she just, like, doop, 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 like, hops across it. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, you're not even doing anything now. Literally. Um, Aang catches up to her and then recognizes her as Katara. It's so cute because she's like, he's like, man, I've met spirits before, and spirits are not this attractive. You're, like, really attractive. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what's that? Oh, oh, I get it now. Near Katara. Okay. Um, Katara admits that she was just feeding up a purple berries, and <laughs> Aang's like, wait, you were just totally, like, pulling the wool over our eyes? And she's like, I mean, yeah. And Aang's like, I love it! You're like a hero! Yeah, she was like, he was like, Appa's not sick? And she was like, I mean, aside from being sick from the berries I've been feeding him, no, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, you're mad. And he's like, no, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah, literally, he's like, oh, respect. Because he's like, oh, you lied to all of us? What? He's oh. got some kind of cord. Oh, I'm going to have to go get that, aren't I? Maybe. I'm definitely just going to keep fucking with that. Uh, this is not the best time for this to happen. <laughs> Listen, I already have to pee, and all of this getting up and down is not making me have to pee any less. Right? Okay. Uh, so, Katara asks Aang for her help because she knows, to, he knows now, to blow up the Fire Nation factory. Uh, they both use epic waterbending to destroy it piece by piece. It's so awesome. And then Katara floods the entire factory. Yeah. And I'm like, like, fuck this shit. Um, when they come back to the little island, Sokka and Toph are awake and waiting for them. <laughs> and Sokka says they have to leave right away because they found out what they were doing. Um, and as they are packing up, they see that the Fire Nation soldier- soldiers are heading over to the village. Sokka said that she should have done nothing, but... Katara actually says she will never turn her back on people who need her. Sokka says he will never turn his back on her. And then they hug. 
And Aang says, he really does have a heart, doesn't he? And Toph elbows Aang to the ground. Just fucking wrecks it. (laughs) She's like, shut the fuck up. Uh, The villagers explain that the Painted Lady helped the village and they didn't do anything. But the Fire Nation obviously doesn't believe them. And they keep trying to set fire to the village and Aang keeps airbending it out. And the gang use all of their skills to make it seem like the Painted Lady is really there. So they use Appa growling... Uh, Toph's air bending, uh, sorry, earth bending with the like rock. Like a smashing noise. Sokka's flute. Yeah, <laughs> a little play on the flute to make ambiance. Yep, <laughs> and Katara appears and epically water bends towards them. And Aang also assists with air bending the hats off the guards to scare them. And then he makes Katara fucking fly. <laughs> like, yep. Um, most of the Fire Nation leaves without them having to do much, but the leader stays and tries to firebend um, at Katara. Um, they realize the Painted Lady is really... Oh, sorry. He basically just fucks him up. And yeah, he leaves. So then the village realizes that the Painted Lady is really Katara, and then the village gets upset about the lies. Sokka's like, bro, you should be grateful. And Katara's like, nah, it's cool. Like, I am sorry for tricking you. Um, but it doesn't matter if it's real or not because your problems were real and I helped you. But going forward, you need to help yourself because mm-hmm. these were real and weren't going to solve themselves. Um, Shu says that's true. And what should we do? And Toph goes in the crowd and goes, maybe we can clean the river. I love that so much. <laughs> and, and then Shu's like, yeah, we can clean the river. <laughs> um Doc will not admit that the brothers are the same person. There was a third brother. Bushy. Thank you. Yeah. Bushy. He's like, because they're like, hey, are you going to help us clean the river? And he's like, nah, but I got a brother that really likes cleaning rivers. really likes cleaning rivers. Yeah. His name is Bushy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Doc, he's crazy. Yeah. He's crazy. And you're just like, okay. Yep. The the gang is not impressed. No. They're just like, what the fuck is up with this old crazy man? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The gang stays to help clean the river and they get it back to beautiful. Uh, the painted lady actually appears to Katara and thanks her for helping the village. Which is so cool. I love that so much. I love that this episode is like, it's filler, but it's 100% character development. Because like oh, yeah. up until this point, Katara has been like really helpful, but she's also like listened to other people and stuff. But I feel like she also learns a lesson about like helping people honestly, because... Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you caught it, but, like, the food that she brought them was from the Fire Nation factory. Oh, no. Literally, their, like, food was brought to us. And I was like, where did she get the fucking food if there's no food around? I honestly and just then, figured she somehow waterbended to a different river. And well, that's what I was like, cool. She, like, went yeah. somewhere, got some. But when the guy from the factory shows up, he's like, you guys stole our food. You stole our medicine, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we didn't do shit. And he points at the food pots. And he's like, there's Fire Nation emblems on these pots. So, like, she literally mm. took the shit from the Fire Nation to the village, right. didn't demark it in any way, yeah. and basically fucked them by trying That's to fair. help them that way instead of helping themselves. So yeah. that was kind of cool. That's totally fair. All Chapter right. four, Sokka's Master. I oh, love... This was such a good episode. I love this episode. Like, I love Katara and Aang and all their character development, but I'm so happy Sokka got, like, a good episode. And, like, this is something that we've been we brought up and I actually am kind of proud of myself that I brought this up without seeing the series before that like Sokka is just a very valuable member. Um, but like he needs his time to shine <clears throat> mm-hmm. and he got his time to shine. I'm so happy. Ugh. So it starts out with the gang watching a meteor shower, <laughs> which is super cool. Um, one actually ends up crash landing and sets fire to the land. Uh, so Katara bends the water from the other river to the fire. Toph and Aang, Earth bend a trench to let the fire not spread. 
And Sokka's like, the fuck do I do? What do do I do? And Aang's like, uh, watch Momo. And he's like, really? Yeah. I'm Momo sitter? Cool. Cool. Toph also starts using patches of ground to stomp out the fire, which was fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Um, Aang takes the water and blows cold air to make it snow. Which is sick. There's just suddenly snow in the middle of this thing. Literally. I'm like, what the fuck? <clears throat> um, and Sokka gets caught in the big snow pile. Mm-hmm. Poor Sokka. Um, I have two things about this. Yes. So he's Momo watching, which is hilarious mm-hmm. and already useless. Uh, when Toph is stomping out the fire, little like embers come off and they catch in little bits around the grass around um, Sokka and Momo. Mm-hmm. And Sokka turns and starts like beating one of the fires while Momo just hops around and puts out like six of them. <laughs> and then he like turns around to go put out the other ones and realizes Momo's already done it. And he's like, Man, Aww. like, I can't even fucking do this. Poor Momo. I was or like, poor Sokka. <laughs> poor Sokka. Yeah. And then, um, what was my other note? Oh, I just, the gang is very bad at not thinking about leaving traces because you're just going to leave a bunch of snow randomly in the middle of the Fire Nation and think that nobody's going to find that suspicious at all if they happen across it. I mean, to be fair, it's probably going to melt real fast, but... Probably, but is yeah. it gone? Yeah, actually, it is gone when they go back to get the meteorite, so all right, fair. It's yeah. gone within, like, a day or something? Yeah, so, but you're right. There could be a bunch of times someone could find they're it. They're just really bad at thinking... Which, they're kids. They're it's things that don't occur to them, but you're just like... Mm. Yeah, maybe you should... Mm. <clears throat> um, Back to the prison at the Fire Nation. Mm. Um, The guard comes in to give Iroh his food... He calls him a disgrace and spits at him because Iroh gets the food and is, like, eating it like an animal on the floor. Um, But as soon as the guard leaves, he smiles and starts eating like a normal human being. Composes himself. I was like, LMAO at Iroh putting on a show of being a crazy old man and then composing himself when the guard leaves. What are you up to, sneaky man? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this to me was the first sign that Iroh is actually okay and back to like somewhat being himself. Yeah. Because before I was like, is he just going to be, silence. is he just going to be an emotional wreck for the rest of the show? Because I can't handle that. I can't. And then I saw this and I was like, oh, thank God. He's just plotting. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Sokka gets sad about not being able to not only just bend, but he just feels like he has no like special skills that he brings to the table. Um, Katara tells him that none of him, them, none of the rest of them see him that way. Um, and he's like, she's like, hey, I know something that'll make you feel better. And then he- <laughs> shopping, shopping. <laughs> I love it. Um, I just want to talk about this moment for a sec yeah. because it reminds me of now a moment that I'm going to get to just show you since you're probably not going to watch all the way through it. When he's talking about how he feels very like token, like useless guy kind of mm-hmm. deal. It reminded me a lot of if anyone's ever seen Critical Role Campaign 1, uh, Scanlan, the bard at one point. He's so useful. Literally. But like. The way that characters interact with him and stuff, like, he dies and he gets brought back to life, but, like, he's resting and, like, they put him in a nightgown, they spread, like, pudding all over his walls to make it look like shit, like, he is very much the joke character in the group, Mm -hmm. and, like, that's just the dynamic, like, it's fine, but when he wakes up from that, he freaks out, he's like, you guys don't actually care about me, I'm just a joke to you guys, like, and that was what that felt like, not quite to that extent, but I was like... Oh, like Sokka, you poor baby. Right? Sad. Oh. Um, Hang, when they go shopping, has a bunch of ridiculous <laughs> armor on. Oh, the classic, like, anime, like, beast lord armor. Oh my, oh my god, it was so funny. And literally, Katara's like, looks great. <laughs> and he's just, like, standing there and he waves his arm for something. And I remember having the thought, like, can you even move in that? And yeah. then he just falls over and you're like, nope. Yeah, he falls <laughs> over and he's like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> 
He also mentions while he's uh, wearing the armor that he needs to get an air sword, which is just a sword handle that he then pushes air through to make it like which is a sick. sword. And I'm like, bruh, that's a thing. I want it. <laughs> right. Um, Sokka has a really cute like weapon montage where he's like trying out different weapons. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he he um, Sokka's eye catches a weapon that was really cool. And. A shop owner came by and was like, hey, like, yeah, this is, like, made by this guy. He lives just down the road. He's a master. Like, whatever. Um, why did the shop owner have to look so much like Iroh, though? It was I don't really know. Rude. I hate it. I, like, looked over. I was taking notes. And I was like, and I was like, oh, it's not Iroh. What the fuck? No, yeah. It's rude. Yeah. Um, the group encourages him to get trained by the master because they're all like, bro, we all had masters to help us train. Toph had the uh, badger molds mm-hmm. and Katara had the guy from the North Pole. I can't remember his name now because I hate him. I know. And then <laughs> Aang's like, I've had so many fucking masters yeah. teach me. Like, you need a master. You need a master to teach you. Like, you deserve. And I, I think that's kind of cool is they're like, you deserve to be taught your craft by yeah. someone who knows it really well. For sure. Um, the, when he gets to the guy's house, the doorman, which is, I guess they call him the butler later, but whatever. Uh, the butler asks what Sokka brought to prove his worth to the master. And Sokka's like, um, I don't have anything. Didn't know I had a brain thing? <laughs> yeah. And the doorman's like, cool, cool, cool. Let's go. Uh, Sokka pleads his case to the master saying he has a lot to learn. Um, he actually has no idea if he is worthy, um, but he really wants to learn from him. And the master says, Let's find out if you're worthy together. And I'm like, respect. This scene is really cool because, like, when he first gets to the gate, the butler warns him, like, he rarely ever actually takes on students and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then, like, he goes into the room and the master is very, like, ignorant to him at first. Side note, I love that holding their sleeve up while they're writing is a yeah. thing. I have a note on it later, but I just love it because I was like, is he holding, like, his elbow or something? Yeah. No, his sleeve because it's just <laughs> too long. Um but yeah, and he's like, oh, like, let me guess, you're the fucking best swordsman in your village, and yeah. you came here to train, and blah, blah, blah. And Sokka's like, no, actually, like, I don't actually know if I'm good enough. Like, I don't know. I'm just coming here to ask for help kind of thing. And, like, you see the master kind of soften because he was expecting some arrogant dickbag. Yeah. And I feel like that speaks to Sokka's character so good yeah. because that's who he is. He doesn't yeah. think he's amazing. He's no. He's very, like, realistic about it. For sure. Um... So they start the training. Um, the master tells Sokka that the weapon should be treated as an extension of yourself. <laughs> uh, and then Sokka's like, oh, like an extra head? And the master's like, more like a limb. More like a long, very pointy arm. Yeah. <laughs> um, swords are simple tools, but with a skilled swordsman, it becomes the most versatile of weapons. Um, so the imagination is limitless, so and so are the possibilities of the sword. Um, Which is so cool. I know, right? Uh, back at the camp, the rest of the gang has no idea what to do without Sokka <laughs> since he's been in charge of the entire schedule. Um, back in the prison, Iroh is doing upside down sit ups in his cell. Yup. And I'm like, bruh. Um, so the first lesson for Sokka is calligraphy. Uh, he needs to write his own name, and the master says he cannot take a swipe. He cannot take back a swipe of the brush, just as you cannot take back a swipe of the sword. And Which I'm like, is so cool, bruh, yeah, great lesson. 
This um, is very much a wax on, wax off kind of deal oh, yeah. where he has to like do things that aren't sword things. Yeah. Love it. Loved it too. Um, what I also loved was like he got so like fucked up about like the brush stroke. He's like thinking and thinking and he gets something on his face and the master's like, oh, you got ink in your face. And he's like, my face, <gasps> my face. And he puts more on his face and just puts his face in the paper. He's uh, like, there I am. Because <clears throat> before he writes it, the master's like writing your name on a page is like putting your stamp on the page. Same yeah. as taking an action with a sword is putting your stamp on something with that sword. And he's like putting a stamp of myself on the page. So then he literally stamps his face and yeah. the master's like, okay, uh-huh. sure. Yep. That's a way to interpret it. Mm-hmm. Um, after kind of like each lesson, Sokka ends up dueling someone. So his first duel, he fails horribly. Yeah. He gets fucked. Yeah. Uh, then they do landscape painting from a beautiful landscape that Sokka can only see for like 10 seconds. I love this. Right? Um, so basically he says like you need to be able to like basically see your surroundings really quickly and make snap judgments and whatever. So he does the painting and he shows him and it's like a hill with a rainbow. It's like a kid's drawing. Yeah. And the master's like you added a rainbow. And Sokka's like is that not okay? <laughs> The master's just so like, cute. oh my god, okay, whatever. Um, the his second duel, um, he's like dueling, he's doing a pretty good job, and then the master's like, hey Sokka, and then Sokka looks and gets distracted. He gets put on his ass, and then the master says, concentrate on what you're doing. Yeah, don't get distracted. And, and you're Sokka's like, like <laughs> fuck you. Uh, the next lesson is rock gardening. It teaches the warrior to manipulate your surroundings and use them to your advantage. Sokka's like. To my, my advantage. advantage. <laughs> and he makes a rock bed. Yeah. Pulls out like a sheet of moss, puts it on top, puts yeah. it underneath the tree. And then the butler like freaks. <laughs> Literally the butler. He's like, hey, can I get a drink? And then the master's just like, lemon in mine, I'd like please. lemon. And yeah. you're just like, <laughs> Yep. Um, the third duel, Sokka actually unarmed the guy and wins. And you're like, bruh. Ooh. Iroh is doing clap push-ups in his cell. Um, this guard hears the clapping and runs to his cell. And then when he gets there, Iroh's just sitting there, like, clapping at nothing, looking all old guy and crazy. Uh, and the guard's just like, the fuck? <laughs> um, Aang and Sokka... Wait, what? Not Sokka. Aang and Katara try to read the map, but without Sokka, it's useless. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they can't even figure out where they're at. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was like, Aang and Sokka don't read the map. What? Yeah, without Sokka, it's useless. And then I put in brackets. I also love how Katara has also tried to pick up the joke slack in yeah. Sokka's absence and fails, like, miserably. Because they talk about, like, all the things that are missing from the group when he's not there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she's trying so hard to make jokes. And they're like, you're not fun, Katara. And she's like, this is fun. And puts just puts Momo on top of her head. And Momo's like, the fuck? Literally. <laughs> like, what is happening? He's like, um. I love it. I also, I really like that the show takes the time to show what the group is missing without him there. And yeah. that he is actually important, even though it's just maps and shit it's important oh for sure um next Sokka gets a chance to make his own sword and since it is an extension of himself it's important that he makes it um Sokka like the guys like make sure that like you trust the material and like you have a connection with it like you need to whatever and Sokka like looks at all the material and he's like is it okay if I leave to get special material for the sword and the master's like I would love nothing more yeah I would literally not have it any other way that's so dope go do it yeah literally (laughs) Um, so then Sokka ends up, um, coming back to the gang and they're all like, oh my God, oh my God, Sokka. And Toph's like, oh, I didn't really care, but they missed you. And you're like, ooh, Toph's got a crush. Right. (laughs) 
Um, so Toph helps them earthbend the meteorite back to the Which palace. Which is so funny. Yup. Also, they literally are like, I don't remember what exactly is said, but something is said to say that he's only been gone for a day. And you're like, he's done all that training in one day. Yeah. What the fuck? I figured it was at least a few. Like, especially because I kept going back to them to show, like, them wasting time. And I was like, how long have they been waiting here yeah, for him? And they've right? been like, you've been gone all day. And I was like, what? That's it? That's it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know. Um, master class here. Yeah, so then they show up, and he's like, can we make this with the sword? And Master gets fucking stoked. Yeah, he's like, bro, that's yeah. sick. Um, insert intense sword-building montage. Sokka making his sword just the whole time, all I could think of was Cordelia making her trident, and it warmed my heart so much. Oh, that's so cute. I was like, this is so cute. Oh. Yeah, and like, honestly... That's kind of funny that you thought of Cordelia because I actually thought of Iron Man making his suit when he was fucking captured. I'm sorry. I'm dead. Oh my God. That's so funny. I know. Right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, the montage is very, very cool. Oh, I yeah. super enjoyed it. And what's super cool, too, is, like, you actually get to see, like, it's not only cool, but, like, it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And, like, Sokka barely slept the whole night trying and to make sure. did it the whole time. Yeah. Like, that was all him. And, like, the master, like, noticed that, like, Sokka put all that work into it. It was yeah. really cool. So then it's done, and the gang's all, like, sitting behind Sokka, and Sokka's, like, kneeling on the floor, and the master says, you know, when you came to me, you were really down on yourself, um, but I really saw something in you right away. Um, You had a heart as strong as a lion and twice as big. Um, And as they trained, the skills... (laughs) Your skills weren't the thing that impressed me. (laughs) Really, they did not. And he makes, like, a face. He's like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What impressed me was the creativity, versatility, and intelligence you had, which are all things that all worthy swordsmen possess. Um, He then unveils the meteorite sword. Which Which looks so fucking cool. It's like black steel. It's amazing. I forgot how fucking cool that sword looked. Yeah, it was fucking sick. It's a sick sword. Yeah. Um, the master says, you know, you weren't sure you were worthy, but the master, sorry, you weren't sure you were worthy, but I think that you are more worthy than any man I have ever trained. Which like, yep. Sokka then takes this opportunity to say, uh, you're actually wrong because I feel guilty about lying. Uh, I'm not from the Fire Nation, uh, which I forgot he lied about that. Yeah, I was going to say, also, we forgot to mention that when he was introduced to the Master, he was like, what's your name? And he's like, Sokka. And he was like, that's a weird name, because it's a water tribe name. Yep. Because they have tribe names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know. And then I forget what, like, Fire Nation name he gave him, but... Uh, oh, it's... Uh, try Lee. There's a million Lees. No, no, no. That's what he says to give him, but I don't oh. know what Sokka actually said. Or did he just say it was He just Sokka. said Sokka. Oh, okay. He was like, what's your name? And he's like, Sokka. And then later on, he's like, I already knew because you told me your name was fucking Sokka. I know. Sokka. I know. I loved that so much. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then so that in the moment, he's like, oh, let's fucking duel. Let's go. Um, the guard. Okay. So then back to the prison, the guard tells Iroh he, uh, the guard's like, you used to be the pride of the Fire Nation. And now look at what you've become. Um, cause he's like eating on the floor again. And then when the guard leaves, Iroh reveals himself. He takes off his, his robe and he's like jacked as fuck. Iroh's a beefcake now. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, what the fuck happened? And then he starts like eating and doing one armed, one armed pull-ups. And I'm like, bro. Um, so my note for this was, I love how literally the second that anyone has walked into Iroh's cell over the last two episodes, they just immediately started being like, you're trash, you're garbage, just like going off on this old man and i'm mm-hmm. like you guys need to relax He's i know in a cell. he can't 
do anything. Like, Literally. I don't, I don't know. But yeah. yeah, Iroh is a beefcake. Yeah, he really is. And like when he, like way, way, way early on when they get caught by the Earth Kingdom and that Sana and they have to fight, you can like tell that he's bodily able even though mm-hmm. he's an old man. But, but he was Jack. Yeah, now they're like, he's, he's fucking doing it. Yeah. He's doing it. Um... <laughs> Now, while the master and Sokka are dueling, uh, he's, like, complimenting Sokka on his skills. He's like, good use of your superior agility uh, against an an old opponent. (laughs) Good use of high ground. Good use of your surroundings. Very resourceful. And then finally, excellent work, Sokka. And you're kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Because he, like, de-swords him or whatever. Yeah, because, yeah, he's finally, like, he basically won. And then he's like, the duel was actually his final test. Uh, He knew Aang was the avatar. And he, oh yeah, because the gang comes in to fight, and he's yeah. like, "No, no, no, it's chill." And then yeah. he's just like, "I don't really think I could fight against the Avatar, anyways." And they're all like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, <laughs> what? He's, he's like, "Yeah, I know things. <laughs> I'm not stupid." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I also knew from the beginning that you were water tribe. Pick a better name next time. Do Lee. There's a million Lees. I l- love that comment so much. Me too. <laughs> Try Lee. There's a million Lees. Um, but he said he agreed to teach him because the way of the sword doesn't belong to any one nation." Which I thought was really cool. Which is cool. super cool. Um, the master says if Sokka continues his training on his own, he will be an even better master than himself. And uh, the gang leaves all happy. And on the way out, the butler rushes to them with something the master wants Sokka to have to remember him by. Uh, it's a pie show. Yeah. Pie show tile with a white lotus on it. And the gang does not know what it means. By Megan's dancing, ow, ow! I think she knows what it means. Yeah. Um, it's been, like, very subtly mentioned a couple times yeah it's the thing that i rose in that secret society thing oh the white lotus pie show tile is like a thing oh. so the master is connected to that group in some way you just like unlocked a memory in my brain about literally it. just like here you go yeah it's <laughs> the key yeah God. so he is I was part like, of the i know this is important but like i have no idea why i totally forgot about it and then i was like cool we're like at the end of the episode i'm not paying attention he's like oh here's a gift and i was like oh cool it's like a little trinket or whatever and they're all like oh white lotus pie show tile and i was like oh fuck i forgot about that yup <laughs> Um, and then my last note was, Sokka saved a piece of the meteorite for Toph to bend. He's Which like, is so cute. I didn't think you'd ever have a space earth thing. Space earth. Yeah. And then they like start talking and Katara's like, is it really like earth if it's in space? I don't think so. I feel like it doesn't count as earth then. Yeah. And it's just so cute. <laughs> and it's also cool to think about because like a meteorite is metal mm-hmm. and she just like fluidly like. Oh, yeah. Just bends the hell out of it. And you're like, Toph. Yeah, Toph's amazing. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Cool. Chapter five, The Beach. Beach episode! Beach episode! So whenever I watch uh, like it on Netflix, it never shows me the chapter thing. It just rolls right into the next episode. But this one happened to, and I just caught a glimpse of Ember Island, and I was like, yes! I've been waiting for this episode. <laughs> this episode's real good. So, we start off with um, Azula's crew and Zuko. So, Azula, May, and Tylee. I just don't want to type it out every time. So, yep. I say Azula's crew and Zuko uh, go on a forced vacation to Ember Island, where the family used to go every weekend in the summer. Uh, there are two old ladies that welcome them to Ember Island, Lee and Lo. Uh, they bring <laughs> them to their house uh, and say that the Ember Island is a magical place that can help them understand themselves and each other. And the beach can smooth even the most ragged of edges. And I'm like, that's creepy. Wow. Also, it should be noted that on the way. 
I have no idea oh, where he is. Oh, he's in the shelf behind me oh. here. I, was I just like, heard noise, and I was like, what the fuck? Um, Zuko and Azula mentioned that their family has a house here. Mm-hmm. And then when they get there, they're brought to, like, the teeny little, like, hut that the old ladies live in. And you're kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought I thought that was confusing, too. I was like, this doesn't seem like Bro. the house that they stayed in. I still, to be honest, don't know why they didn't stay in that other house. I don't really know the reason other than just, like, they stopped using it. Yeah, I know. But, like, if they're back, why not fucking use it? Like, that makes no sense to I me. Don't know. Um, so, uh... They're all, the gang is all in a river, like, hanging out, floating. Toph tells Aang to cover up his tattoos. Actually, she just says cover up, and Aang's like, what? I'm wearing trunks. And she's like, no, your tattoos. What if someone sees you? Um, Katara says it's no big deal since there are walls everywhere around them. Uh, And then Aang, as a 10-year-old, I guess he's older than that now, but he still is the mind of a 10-year-old. Aang and Momo go down a natural water slide, which is super cool. Um, And they land right near quote the most boring job in the fire nation where nothing ever happens and then they literally see the avatar come down like obviously they like look in binoculars and they aren't sure but then he like air bends way back up the cliff and mm-hmm. it's like let's go again and they're like oh it's fuck. the avatar yeah also yeah literally my note for that was like there's walls all around us we're completely safe ang immediately yeets himself down a tube and doesn't know where it goes and is seen by fire nation bogeys surprise right um, so then the Fire Nation guys send a message, uh, a messenger hawk to say that the Avatar is still alive. And they're like super stoked that they actually like did something. Um, Ty Lee gets a rando. Oh, sorry. The gang goes to the beach. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Azula's crew, not the gang. The gang. Sorry. <laughs> Azula's crew and Zuko go to the beach and Ty Lee actually gets a rando to help unpack for her because he's like, hey, can I help you unpack? And she's like, sure. Why not? Sure. Here you go. And hands him the whole fucking bag. Yep. Uh, Zuko and Mai are sitting on the beach and he gives her a pretty shell and Mai says only stupid Mai? May says like, what? sorry May says only stupid girls like that shit um, and then she I can't remember Zuko he, throws okay. the shell away Zuko throws it and then uh, some an, other dude sees it <laughs> another dude picks it up and gives it to Ty Lee and she's like oh my god it's so pretty and you're like lol <laughs> Zuko gets ice cream for him and May and it melts and May's like Thanks. Uh, Ty Lee is being fanned and shaded by men when Azula calls her and the rest over to play volleyball. They destroy the other team. It's so funny. And Azula gets super happy about destroying them and then gets all weird and's like, oh, we are just, we have destroyed like the whole thing and you will burn know. forever in like yeah. the ashes. Yeah, you will never rise from the ashes of your defeat. Yes. Blah, blah. And like it sets the volleyball net on fire. Also, it's like volleyball kickball? They kicked the ball. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was just volleyball. They kicked it a few times. I I was like, what are you doing? Can't you kick in volleyball? No. Oh. Hands only. Okay. And literally my brain was like, do they have weird combo sports too? Like they have combo animals and also combo sports. I would nothing is real in this. Yep. Um, and then after she goes on that huge speech, she's like, Well, that was fun. Like (laughs) that was fun. I like that. She's such a psychopath. She really is. Um, two boys were watching Tylee and May like play and they were like, oh, damn, they're hot. So they invite uh, them to a party they're having. And Azula's like, what? Me and my brother can't come? And uh, he's like, I don't know. Like, we just wanted to invite them. And she's like, do you not know who we are? (laughs) 
And they're like, no. Uh, well, it's not even just no. The dudes are like, don't you know who we are? We're Chan oh. and Ron Sean. And I literally True. wrote that down because like, they were like, we're Chad and like Jim or whatever. And I was like, okay, Chad. Right. And I just love the like, don't you know who we are? Like, uh, boy, you don't know how close you're walking to death here. Right. My God. So Azula gets them all invited to the party and they're like, whatever. There's going to be super important people there. So like, don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> and then later Zuko asks why she didn't tell them who they were. And Azula was like, I don't know. I love people worshiping us and they should because we're amazing. But <laughs> it was intriguing that they didn't know who we are. So whatever. Um, Where was I? Uh, Lee and Lo say that Ember Island gives everyone a clean slate, like waves washing away footsteps on the beach. Um, We cut to a scene of a really big hawk intercepting the other messenger hawk. And turns out it was the assassin that Zuko hired who got rid of the message. It's like a creepy, like, buzzard thing. His Mm -hmm. bird scares me. Yep. Uh, Back to... Azula's crew, Ty Lee, has a bunch of guys fighting over her, so she knocks them all out at the party. Just kicks them. They're Literally. like, who do you like more? She's like, I like you all. And they're like, but like, who do you like? And she's like, uh, too much to think about, and just kicks them all. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. The best. Um, she goes over to Azula and is like, man, all these people fighting over me. And Azula's like, guys don't actually like you. You just make it too easy. And then Tylee starts crying and gets upset. And then Azula was like, okay, maybe I just said that because I was jealous. Like, boys always think that I'll do something terrible to them. And Tylee laughs as <laughs> like, you probably will, though. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, and then Azula's like, you know what? Just if you want a boy to like you, just smile a lot and laugh at everything they say, even if it's not funny. So they practice and it's terrifying. Uh, she then uses this for Chan. Um, and like, she co- goes over to Chan and is like, I'm ready for a house tour now. And he's like, cool. And then she puts her drink on another Fire Nation girl and the drink just starts like sizzling from her scalp. And I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Oh my yeah, God. It's so funny. Um, <clears throat> Zula's like, your arms look so strong. And he's like, I know. And he's like, you're pretty. And then <laughs> Zula's like, together, you and I will be the strongest couple in the world and we will dominate the earth. We will burn the ships and sink them. It like goes on this whole huge thing. <laughs> yeah. And then he's just like, Okay, I gotta go now. Oh, they kiss too. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, they do they're kiss. like, oh, you're pretty, and then they kiss, and she's like, we're gonna be the strongest couple in the Fire Nation, and he's just like, oh. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> um, Zuko is getting May food at the party, and when he's going back to her, someone accidentally makes him spill the food, and then. He goes all crazy. He's like, hey, this is for my hungry girlfriend, I think he says. Yeah, this is for my, like, angry girlfriend. I, I think it's angry girlfriend. I thought he said hungry. It might have been hungry. Oh, I, maybe it was angry. Also, like, at this point, they'd kind of been fighting a bit back and forth. Yeah, Like, that's they'd been fair. snipping. I literally have the quote, I'm bored. I know. I'm hungry. So what? So get me some food. Fine. And then that's when he goes and gets the food. Yeah. Oof. Hey! Um... Uh, the guy, when he points at his girlfriend, there's actually another guy talking to May. Um, and Zuko goes crazy, and they have like a fight. May says that his temper is out of control, and then he says, "At least I feel something." And then she breaks up with him, and he leaves the party. Uh, when he leaves, he starts thinking of childhood memories um, at Ember Island with his mom and Uncle Iroh. Um, he goes up to you. Find out it's their old summer house. 
um, and finds a family portrait from when he was a kid. And he also finds his little baby handprint, which I thought was so cute. I'm a little bull. Yeah. Also, like, when he's having those memories of the island, there's, like, one of, like, him and his mom and him and Azula. And then there's one of him and Iroh, and Iroh's holding the little baby up. And that makes me so sad, because that's his son. I know. Like, you're just like... (laughs) Yeah. Um, Back to the gang. Uh, The assassin guy finds Aang. The tattoo on his forehead ends up being a crazy laser beam. Also, like, Toph wakes him up and she's like, you're all going to think I'm crazy, but it sounds like there's a metal man coming because, by the way, we haven't mentioned one of his legs and one of his arms are, like, metal. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I actually didn't notice that the first time. It's why I didn't mention it. They, like, I think they just show, like, his claw or something. So Mm -hmm. it looks like just, like, a glove, but Mm -hmm. now they're making it, like, very obvious. And, like, at first you're like, oh, it's just a cover, but, like... When you look at, like, his ankle, like, there's no... It's, like, springs and stuff, and you're like, oh, he's made of metal. I'm pretty sure he blasted off the arm on the leg, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, So, like, he is actually, like, the... What did I write? Uh, Winter Soldier no one ever wanted. Yes! (laughs) Literally, when I saw his metal arm, I was like, oh, my God, it's like Bucky. What the fuck? Winter Soldier no one ever wanted. Mm -hmm. Crazy brain blast, boy. Yep. Um, Azula finds Zuko at their old home and asks him to go to the beach, uh, he leaves his little baby handprint on the porch. Um, and then May and Tylee are also on the beach. And Zuko says he'll make a fire because they have tons of things to burn. And points and out to the, to the house. house. <laughs> um, Aang tells the gang to jump up on Appa while he distracts the assassin. Uh, he goes through a rock field and tries to hide from him. And then he starts earthbending the rock like towards him, which is interesting. Um, Aang stops the guy's laser beam midair. And then explodes it safely. And then he earthbends through a rock to safety. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the Craziness. Fuck? He also at one point airbends the explosion. That's what I think happened. Yeah, yeah. Like he airbends the explosion back and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Aang's kind of crazy. Also, I totally forgot. I was like, I feel like they don't really talk about it. It's. You figure it out a bit more later, but the beach house, basically they went there every summer until Ozai was crowned, and then they stopped going there once he was crowned, and it's oh. just, like, been run down and decrepit and not taken care of ever since. Okay. There's more will come later, but yeah, that's the reason. Um, Aang hides in the rubble from the guy, but not well enough, so when the guy finds him, he then, like, exposes himself, and he's using, like, rock armor to get past the laser beam. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and then he eventually gets to escape on Appa. Um, and now here comes a lot. <laughs> so Zuko ends up setting fire the family portrait to make the fire. And Tylee says to Zuko, uh, like, why are you using that? I think you actually care about your family. And Zuko calls her a circus freak. And then Azula laughs at that. And then Tylee reveals she joined the circus because she was scared of spending the rest of her life as a matched set with her six sisters. And she's like, at least I'm different now. Like, you can't tell me apart. Or so you can tell me apart from, like, my mm-hmm. other sisters. And I, I was love like, her. I know. Um... May says, well, that makes sense. That's why you need 10 boyfriends, because you have attention issues. Um, and then Ty Lee... <laughs> fucking slaps down on May. Uh-huh. Ty Lee asks May what her excuse is, because she's an only child, and her aura is gray and dingy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. Yep. Hello. Hi. Uh, May says she's not high-strung like the rest of them. Um, and Zuko's like, I wish you were. Um, but May says her childhood wasn't hard. She was a rich only child who got everything she wanted as long as she behaved. She needed to be still and not speak unless spoken to, and she couldn't get into trouble. 
And Azula says, okay, so you don't care about anything because you're scared. Because um, when you did care about something, your parents shut you down. And then Mace says, leave me alone. And Zuko's like, ooh, I like when you express yourself. <laughs> and you're like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, right? Ty Lee says the negative energy is bad for your skin. It's my favorite quote ever. This much negative energy is bad for your skin. Yeah. And Zuko's like, bad skin? My dad gave me a permanent lesson on my face. Also, I don't get yeah, to worry bad about to bad skin, right? Um, he's like, I thought I would be happy if my dad accepted me. And now I have that. And I'm not happy. I'm angrier than ever. And I don't know why. Azula asks why or who he's angry at. And Zuko says no one. And they keep saying, like, your who dad. Are you angry at? Tell us. Yeah, your dad, your uncle, like, me. Like, who is it? And then he finally says he's angry at himself. And he, like, fire bends the fire super up. And then <laughs> it was, like, right there. Um, he says he's confused. And he doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. And Azula calls him pathetic for that. And then May says, one thing she cares about is Zuko. And then they kiss. And they instantly are chill again. And I'm yeah. like, I hate this. <laughs> I hate it so much. Hate it. Uh, Zuko says Azula wouldn't understand. Oh, because they kiss. And then Azula's like, oh, good for you Good guys. for you. You guys all figured your shit out. Yep. And Zuko says Azula wouldn't understand because she's perfect. And Azula was like, you know, I could complain that mom liked Zuko more than me. Um, but I really don't care. You know, my mother, she thought I was a monster. She was right, of course, but it still hurt. <laughs> That's like, I think my favorite line from the series is the, my own mother thought I was a monster. She was right, of course, but that doesn't mean it hurt less. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, um, so Ty Lee was like, listen, Lee and Lo did say the beach would help us learn about ourselves and each other. I feel all smooth. <laughs> I feel all smooth. I love that. Azula and the gang go back to the party and then destroy the house. And then it goes to like a little like new memory like patch of them all like being happy but destroying the house. And <laughs> the it's little so funny. Like, shot of them all happy at the end in front of the fire kills me. I know. <laughs> That's all I had about that one. That was it, really. Cool. I just, I really like that episode. It mm-hmm. makes me laugh. It makes, especially like for Tylee and May, it makes them more than just Azula's cronies. And like, even though Azula doesn't really react to the line, it it get it'll, it'll get more into it later, like how it's affected her. But like yeah. her just straight delivering that line, like she knew her mother thought she was a monster, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, and to be honest, though, her mom was super obvious about it. Like I remember the memories and being like, wow, her own mother fucking hates her. Like she should, but mm-hmm. like, damn, that's yeah. rough. Okay. Chapter six, the Avatar and the Fire Lord. Ugh. Can I just say, when this episode started, I thought it was going to be about Aang and Zuko. Uh. <laughs> it kind of oh. is, but not in the way I thought. <laughs> so. Oh, I had to like read through my notes and be like, what is this episode? <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> yep. Uh, Roku comes to Aang in a dream and tells him to meet him at his homeland on the summer sol- solstice. And Aang just in his sleep goes, okay, Roku. Okay. I'll meet you. All right. Uh, Zuko wakes up to a note saying he needs to know about the story of his great-grandfather's demise to reveal his own destiny. And Zuko's like, hmm, okay. Um, they disguise Appa as a cloud again, and they go to Roku's home. Uh, Katara says there's nothing there, but Toph was like, nah, there's a whole-ass village buried under ashes here. Um, and then Zuko asks Azula what she remembers about great-grandfather Sozin. Um, she says he began the war and spent the early years preparing for it. 
He waited for the comet for the power and used it to launch his full-scale invasion on the world. He died an old and successful man. According to the school, um, he died old in his bed. Uh, Zuko took the note, wondering what it meant, and then he, like, tossed it on his bedside table, and he's like, I don't get what this means. And then the heat from the candle revealed a secret message that says, The Fire Sages keep the secret history in the Dragonbone Catacomb. I want to go to a Dragonbone Catacomb! <laughs> so badly! Why does why don't those exist? Oh my god! That is the coolest Your reaction to that was so funny. God! Literally, my first note from this episode is, the dart again into the catacombs is really fucking cool. Dude. Like, the little stair thing. Yeah, it, like, a, a secret portal opens up yeah. into a spiral staircase, and you're like, bruh. Um, so Z- Zoku sneaks in and finds the final testament of the Fire Lord Sozin. Uh, back to Aang, uh, he goes to the spirit world to meet Roku to visit Roku's past. Um, and in the final testament, so Sozin says, as his own life was dimming, he was remembering a brighter time. Sozin, it's revealed that Sozin was actually best friends with Roku once upon a time. Uh, spirit world Roku says, love is hard when you're young. And Aang says, you don't have to tell me, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. Um, Spirit Roku brings Aang to a shared party for Roku and Sozin's birthday. Because they actually shared a birthday, which I thought was also super cute. So cute. Um, So at the party, all these guards came and Sozin's like, dude, this is a party. Like, what's going on? My dad isn't here right now. And he's like, we're not here for your dad. Like, we're here to name the next avatar. And they're like, oh, shit. So Roku's named the next avatar at that party. Um, So he has to leave the Fire Nation to train. Um, and Sozin goes to meet Roku and he's like, why haven't you packed yet? And Sozin's like, I was going to pack, but then they said, I don't need worldly things, which made me laugh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, um, oh, where was I? Um, and Roku's like, you know, everything's going to be different now and it's all happening so fast. Like, I don't know what to do. So Sozin gives Roku a royal artifact only to be worn by the prince, which is like a little headpiece to put in his hair. Um, just before we move on from that uh my note says is this the first time you find out sozin and roku were friends question mark and then yeah it's pointed out totally. and i was like birthday bros and then i was like how fucked to f- like find out your best friend is the avatar on your birthday like i don't know how i'd feel about that also homeboy sozin is dying like this is his last will and testament and he has the time to write down this whole detailed ass story about his friendship with the avatar like I mean, I bet what? you it's something he, he told nobody. Like, Probably. this is like a deathbed confession. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And, like, it also, it's not only him, like, telling the truth, but they've also made it pretty clear that, like, the Fire Nation is hiding this. Yeah. They don't want people to know about it. No one knows that they were friends. Even Aang didn't know until now. So, yeah, like. Exactly. Um, and, like, the other thing, too, is, like, I, that's a good point to bring up because I thought Sozin was going to be super pissed when he found out that Roku was the Avatar, but he was super but supportive. They were so supportive of each other, and, like, the hairpiece kills me. I know. I don't I know. know why, but, like, it just, ugh. Yep. Um, back to Aang. So, <laughs> on Roku's, um, homeland in the real world, they look at Aang, and it looks like he's trying to take a shit. It's so funny. And they're like, is there bathrooms in the spirit world? And they get all nervous. Um, but then in the spirit world, he's just riding the dragon. Yeah. Um, oh. Roku brings him back to the air temple to train with Monk Gyatso. Oh, I can't. Who Aang trained with as well. I love this. Uh, Gyatso actually air surfed. And Aang was like, man, why didn't I think of that? It's super cute. Um, I love that this show has a habit, A, of 
making Aang re-meet people that he hasn't seen for 100 years since he was frozen and stuff, and that was already something to deal with. But watching Avatar him before he was born be friends with people that he was friends with in his real life is like, what? Yeah, that's, that's so fucking wild. And that's my next note is that like Aang's like, I still can't believe that like you knew him too. And Roku's like, some friendships are so strong they can even transcend lifetimes. Yep. I was like, dead. Goodbye. Right? I hate it. I was fucking sobbing at this point. I was like, I love this episode so much. Yep. Uh, I start crying later in the episode. Yay. Not yet. I'm glad later. we both cried. Uh-huh. Um, he showed Aang um, Roku learning... Uh, water bending and earth bending. Um, it's revealed that Sozin didn't see Roku for 12 years. Can we just think about that for a second? That Roku trained to be the Avatar for 12 years and Aang's getting, like, what, a few months? Yeah, I was going to say not even a full year of training. Nah, like, not even close. Yeah. This is crazy. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But after those 12 years, Roku is a fully realized avatar. Ugh. Roku greeted Sozin as an old friend. And Sozin at first is like, you know, most commoners like bow to me. But for you, I can make an exception. They're so cute. Right? And they hug and they're all like buddies. And Roku's like, to Aang, he's like, you know, Sozin was still my best friend. And then a few months later, he was my best man when I got married. I can't. Yep. Goodbye. And then Aang's like, hey, that's the lady that didn't know you before. Yeah. And he's, he's like, like, I yeah. was persistent. Uh-huh. Roku says if love is real, it finds a way. And being the Avatar doesn't hurt your chances with the ladies either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sozin says on the wedding day, on oh wedding days, you look to the future with optimism and joy. Um, and Sozin asks to speak to Roku on the wedding day about the state of the world. Um, he says he was destined to be the Fire Lord and Roku was destined to be destined to be the Avatar. Um, he also says it's a great stroke of faith that they know each other so well and that they could do anything together. I think fate, but I wrote faith. Um, he thinks that they could share. Oh, sorry. So at that point, Roku's like, uh-huh, I feel you, but like, it's my wedding day. Why don't we like drink and dance with someone? And he's like, no, I need to get this out. So he's like, we should share the prosperity with the rest of the world and build an empire and like bring all the nations to one. And Roku's like, nah, the nations need to stay as four nations. That's, That's kind of are. the entire point. Each nation has their own thing. Um, and Sozin uh, went ahead with the plan, despite Roku's warning to not do it. Um, but Roku didn't find out about it until years later. So just to go back to this wedding, my one note is, why the fuck do you need to talk about this at a wedding? Mm-hmm. Like, if anyone decides that they need to talk to you about anything seriously at your wedding, just, like, wave me over and I'll just come shoom away because it's your wedding. Yeah. One day. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Don't Mm-mm. do it. Yeah. Literally, talk to me tomorrow. Fuck off. Literally, come to me the day before or the day after. Like, don't, the day, do you know how much fucking money I am paying for you to be here right now? Yeah. Like, obviously, they didn't really because they were noble. But, like, what? No. Yeah. Get out. Exactly. Um. Also, they do a really good job of... Sozin, like, showing how Sozin came about the thought of just being like, wow, like, the Fire Nation's doing really well, we're really prosperous and peaceful, and showing the transition of that thought to, like, we should give this to the whole world, and then Roku's like, um, that's kind of tyranny. (laughs) Sozin's like, nah. Yeah. Nah. Like, to be honest, that statement in itself isn't, but the way that he wants to go about it. And, like, the the shift in his perspective as he talks just gets, like, kind of angrier and more aggressive. And they just do a really good job of showing how something like that can start naturally, but very quickly become something like genocide, kind of. Uh Uh-huh. So... 
when I think Sozin is at the Earth Kingdom at one point, uh, Roku comes in and is like, bro, like, this is the Earth Kingdom. What the fuck are you doing yeah, here? Yeah, he took over a, an Earth Kingdom place. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And they end up having a battle. Uh, Roku actually goes into the Avatar state, which was cool to see someone else go into the Avatar state. And he schools Sozin. Yeah, he literally could have killed him, but he's like, I'm sparing you because of our history as friendship. But if this I happens again, time. like, you're, it will be your permanent Yeah, end. that's what he says. And I was like, can you imagine looking at someone who you've known for that many years in the face and just being like, I will permanently end you. Yeah. I was like, fuck, dude. That means you were serious. Um, so after that, they didn't speak or see each other for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Roku was spending most of his time in his homeland. On his little volcano island. Yeah. And then one night, that volcano <sighs> on his home erupted. Um, I definitely thought that the Fire Nation, like, attacked at first. I totally remembered that the volcano ended up being a thing, and my memory failed me because I definitely thought that Sozin had something to do with it, and then I saw the fireballs, and I was like, oh, they're attacking, and then it was, like, volcano, and I was like, oh, yeah, right, it's not actually Sozin that starts it. I was going to say, this is totally just a natural disaster, which was interesting that it was natural disaster, but mm, there's still stuff. Mm. Uh, Roku made sure that the villagers got out and then he stayed back to try to contain the volcano. Um, it cut back to Sozin and he says that he was a hundred miles away from the island, but he could still feel the rumbling and see the smoke from the volcano erupting. Also, yeah, this whole episode, it jumps back and forth between Aang and Zuko getting Roku and Sozin's point of views on it. So it's really, really cool to see how each of them is telling the story because it's the same story, but from two different perspectives. Yep. So that's really cool. Yep. Um, Roku is able to save some of his island, but not all of it. Um, and he was also getting overwhelmed by the poisonous gases from the volcano. Ugh. Fang, his dragon, came to save him, but then Roku sent him away. That's when I started crying. I can't, oh, I can't Fang. handle, I can't handle animals coming to an owner and the owner telling them to go away. I oh can't. my god, like the Appa thing. Bro, I can't do that. <laughs> I cried an air bud. Oh. Because in the own, he's like, go away, Airbud. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> why are you being so mean? He just wants to play volleyball. <laughs> like, it's just the worst. Oh, my God. Um. So then Roku goes into the Avatar state. Um. And then a second volcano started to erupt. And literally, it looked like Roku was fucked. Um, and then Sozin showed up on his dragon. I love that they both have dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he offered to help him. So Roku was like, bro, don't breathe the toxic gases. Like, it's too much. And, like, together they, like, firebend and earthbend, whatever. But then Roku actually ended up breathing too much. And he asks Sozin for help. And then Sozin, very scar-like, ends up <sighs> leaving him. And he's like, if you're alive, I can't do what I need to do. Yeah, with you out of the picture, like... There's literally nothing stopping me. So he leaves him and then Fang goes back to Roku. And like, I thought he was going to pick him up and save him, but he just curls around him. curls up around him. And you see the molten stuff taking over him. And then I just started crying harder. Yeah, that's rough. It's bad. I think I'm tearing up right now thinking about it. I am a little bit also. So the next thing in Roku's past is they see Aang being born. Mm-hmm. So then and he, Aang's like, whoa, is that me? Literally. And Roku's like, yeah. So like, here's what it is. You need to make sense of the past. That will bring peace and restore balance to the world. And then he fucks off. <laughs> well, and also 
you might say this, but we get Sozin's perspective because he knew that the next Avatar would be an air nomad, and that's why he goes and destroys all the oh, air Oh, that's temples. my next point. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, with Roku gone, Sozin was ready for the comet to come. Oh, and- yeah, I guess... Roku's memory would have ended there. Yeah. Awkward. Yes. That's <laughs> uh, Sozin was ready for the comet to come, and he knew the next Avatar would be an airbender, so he wiped out the air temples, and he's like, but the Avatar eluded me somehow still. And I'm like, <laughs> He also very specifically is like, the last airbender. And I was like, he said the thing! Yeah. He said the thing! Uh, he wasted the rest of his life searching in vain. And I love there's this shot of him searching the South Pole in a boat. The boat. And it pans down to Aang just frozen underneath with Appa. And you're just like, mm, what delicious irony. It's so good. Um, and that's it. That's all that it says. And Zuko's like, that's it? What the fuck? Like, this wasn't this the how my grandfather died or my great-grandfather died? What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, he's super disappointed that that was the end of the story. And he goes to see Iroh, and he's like, I know you left the note, and I knew all that history already, except for the whole Sozin thing. Or, sorry, except for the whole Roku thing. Um, And he's like, Sozin was still alive at the end. He didn't die. And actually, he says, my great-grandfather was still alive alive And he's like, no, he wasn't. And Iroh's like, no, he wasn't. Iroh says his father's grandfather was Sozin, but his mother's grandfather was Roku. Boom, boom, boom. That's... She married, yep. Blew my fucking mind. Craziness. So understanding the struggle between the grandfathers can help Zuko understand the battle in himself. Evil and good are both inside of you. The bright side is what happened generations ago can be resolved now. The sins of their family and the Fire Nation can be cleansed by you alone, Zuko. Um, Iroh says he has the the power (laughs) to restore balance to the world. The balance. And then Iroh, like... Uh, takes a brick like out of the wall and he takes out a thing and he says here's a royal artifact that uh, is supposed to only be worn by the prince and it's the hairpiece that Sozin gave Ruko. I don't know how they got that back but I think I they it. explain later how Iroh got it okay. but yeah it's it's a lot. <clears throat> um, okay. Um, Aang tells the gang what happened and Toph says it's like these people are born bad and Aang's like mm, I don't think that's the point of the story. Ruko is just as much Fire Nation as Sozin. Everyone is capable of the same good and evil, and everyone should be given the chance of being good. Um, he's like, also friendships. Friendship <laughs> is important. Oh, my God. And then Toph's like, do you really think friendships can last more than one lifetime? Aang, I don't see why not. Katara, Toph, and Aang just hold hands. And Sokka, there's actually no evidence. Sokka, just hold hands. Sokka, just hold hands. And then they all just stand there holding hands all cute. Yay, friendship. Yay, friendship. Oh, yay, friendship. Right? That's cute. Um, since I've interrupted this thing 30 times already, I really need to pee. Oh my God. And I'm going to really quickly go pee. Okay. Because I've drank too much of my coffee already. Chapter 7, The Runaway. So the opening scene is Toph getting captured and being betrayed by Katara. Literally, my first note is, what? Literally, I was like, what the fuck? Because literally, Toph's like, how could you do this to me? And Katara's like, you did this you to did yourself. You did this yourself. And you're like, what the literally and the show's like three days earlier you're like so glad i also i can never do those like three days earlier or like days later without the spongebob voice i just yes i just can't three days later yeah <laughs> uh so katara and Toph are helping ang train by making him avoid earth and water bending blindfolded um her rock accidentally hits katara and her and Toph start fighting uh, Aang blindfolded says, uh, are we taking a break? <laughs> and Sokka comes up behind and yells, sneak attack. 
And Aang's like, sneak attacks don't work if you say it out loud, bro. <laughs> That's so good. Um, and then Sokka's like, huh, I've been thinking of getting a messenger hawk so I don't have to talk anyone. Toph, I like the idea of not talking to you. LOL. Yep. Um, because, yeah, so they end up going to the town because Toph is like, well, let Katara clean all this up and let's go to town or whatever. Yeah, LOL. Uh, so they think, they think on what to use their last silver piece on and Toph is like, why don't we get more money by betting it on finding that bean from that dude? So I love her so much. She tricks the guy into thinking she really, I I was like, she really can't see is what I typed. And I was like, she can't can't see, see, but but like, she can feel, I was gonna say, but she can like technically see, (laughs) um, Toph hears the bean being tapped tossed around under the cups and like feels it um and Toph uh like so she finds the bean and he's like whoa like that's super lucky like go for you and he's like how about like making it more interesting I was gonna say like (laughs) let's barter that guy's sword for 20 20 silver pieces 20 silver yeah which like Sokka's meteor sword (laughs) right and Toph's like I'll do it for 40. And just swipes the sword Just grabs the sword and gives it. Yep. Sokka's like, what? Literally, Sokka's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Um, but when he's tipping the bean through his sleeve, um, she pulls it back out. She earthbends the bean under the cup, like, that he didn't think it was under. So she's like, that one. And he's like, uh, sorry, bitch. And then he's like, oh, shit, it oh, is. Shit. <laughs> yep. Um, so when they get back, Katara's like, oh, so Toph cheated. And Toph says, I only cheated a cheater. And Katara says that they shouldn't make it a habit. And Toph says that Katara just doesn't like fun. Aang makes an avatar promise <laughs> to not make it a habit. And then they show a really cute montage of them absolutely making it a habit over the next couple days. LOL. And like progressively getting like crazier and crazier. Uh-huh. Like it starts pretty chill, but then like it just gets fucking wild. Yep. Also, there's a very quick part where she sits down, uh, Toph sits down and she kicks her feet out. And I totally forgot that she had ripped the soles out of her shoes when they first got to the Fire Nation. If you look at her feet at any point, she the tops of her feet have shoes on. But when they first got the oh, shoes, yeah, yeah, yeah. she kicked the soles out. So you can see that. her little feet yeah. <laughs> when she sits. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, I forgot she had no soles in her shoes. I totally forgot about that. Yep, I forgot about it. And then that happened and I was like, oh. Yep. Um, Katara said if they keep doing them, the scams, that something bad will definitely happen. And Toph says Katara doesn't want to realize how good they have it, making easy money and not having parents tell them what to do. Katara says she's, oh, so you're acting this way because your parents were controlling and you ran away and now you act like they don't exist. You act like you hate them, but you actually feel guilty and miss them and you don't want to deal with it. Toph says she actually ran away to help Aang and Katara says, whatever. Um, No matter. It just brings too much attention and we just got to stop it. Mm -hmm. She was like, there's already a third eyed freak. Sokka names him Sparky Sparky Boom Man. And uh, Toph, sorry, there's already a third-eyed freak after them. And Sokka says, Sparky, Sparky, boom, man. Uh, Toph says she'll stop when she wants to and not when Katara tells her to. Um, so Sokka goes off to town and buys Messenger Hawk. And on his way back, sees a wanted poster for Toph. And it's nicknamed The Runaway. Uh, Sokka agrees with Katara that it brings too much attention. And he shows it to Toph. And it's so funny because he, like ruffles out the paper and he's like look at this or do you know what this is yeah and she's like uh something written on a piece of paper i assume i assume there's something on the paper but i can't see it yeah. he's like oh it's a wanted poster for you um and Toph gets like super jacked and she's like oh my god i want a poster what does the picture look like like is it any good and Sokka like holds it up and he's like 
Yeah, actually, it's pretty good. <laughs> but that's not the point. Um, Toph says not to worry about it, and you can spend all the money that she's gotten on the invasion plan, and we can just keep this poster between me and you, right? And Sokka's Buys like... Buys off Sokka. Sokka's like, okay. Yeah, Sokka's like, cool. I do like big, expensive maps or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was Encyclopedia. Which is know. weird. I know. It's very weird. It's, it's a word that means map, but it's close to encyclopedia. And I Atlas. Say, Thank you. Atlas. I like expensive atlases. Yes. <laughs> um, so Sokka goes to tell Aang and Katara that they can send messages all over now, even to Grand Grand. And then Anne asks, Anne? <laughs> Aang asks how it works. And Sokka goes, hmm, I never thought of that. Hockey, <laughs> go to the, go send this to the South Pole. And Hawk's like, I don't know. Um, yeah. Heart? Yep, and then Momo attacks Hockey. <laughs> and they're just, like, running around on Sokka's head. <laughs> yep. Um, later, you find out that Katara uh, found the poster in Toph's stuff, and he she unrolls it and goes, what is this? And Toph's like, bro, I'm blind. What is with you people? Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> can't see it. <laughs> yep. And Katara's like, oh, my God, it's the fucking wanted poster. And then Toph's like, oh, you went through my stuff? Um, you. You got to stop acting like everyone's mom. And then Katara and them, sorry, Katara and Toph both walk away from each other. And Sokka decides to send Katara a note from Toph. <laughs> He's like, here's how we'll solve this. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to send Katara a note from Toph apologizing. And Aang's With like, the hawk. Yeah. And Aang's like, dude, you're a genius. You blow me away. <laughs> so then they send the note. And literally, like, you see the hawk send it to her. Katara, like, unfolds it. And then you see her stand up and goes, I know this is from you, Sokka. Toph can't write. And then Sokka goes to he's like i can't believe we forgot the top can't right <laughs> um and then um uh ang's like well we can do it the other way and sokka's like i think I'm we got pretty it. sure we'll run into like a similar issue <laughs> because Toph can't fucking read so funny uh so sokka actually brings Toph out to a cliff um and he knows that katara's like chilling underneath it in the water um so sokka like, goes to Toph, and he's like, I know that she can be a lot, but, like, when... Oh, because I think he's... She's like, I know you're going to tell me that, like, Katara's, like, not, like, stupid and awesome and, and whatever. he's like, oh, no, she's all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's crazy. But he's like, when my mom Ugh. died, like, she really helped fill the void that my mom left. Like, I can't remember what my mom looked like. And when I think back to my mom, all I can see is Katara because he was the one that took care of me. That breaks my heart so much every time. Yeah. Because he's just like, yeah, she's motherly. Like, she had to do that. And, like, just him admitting, like, it's been so long. I don't even think I can see her face anymore. So, like, I see Katara when I think of mom. And I was like, oh. Literally. And Katara's just silently crying yeah, under the like, cliff. me too, girl. Me too. Yep. Damn um toff goes yeah she is compassionate and kind and actually cares about me which is better than my own mom not the me that she wants me to be um and then she goes don't tell katara i said that like (laughs) so katara um goes over and says hey toff and toff's like listen don't apologize i was one being stupid i'll stop doing scams my bad and then katara's like Actually, I just want to pull a scam. Just me and you. Let's go. Girl scam. And literally behind Katara, <laughs> Aang and Sokka just like faint. They're like, yeah, they're like, what? I can't do this anymore. Um, So there, she was like, this is our last scam. So then it goes back to when uh, Toph gets turned in and they're like, you did this to yourself. So the whole plan was she could just earthbend herself out of the jail and then they could get the, uh, the money reward. reward. For turning her in. Um, but the cell that she gets put in is actually wooden, 
Which is sus immediately. Yep. She can't offend. Uh, Katara, <laughs> the guy goes, oh, thank you so much for helping us catch the runaway. And Katara's like, oh, that's just a reward in and Good of itself. Good work is its own reward. Yeah. But like, also, I'd like the, re- but also, the actual I like, reward. I want the actual one. He's like, oh, yeah, just come this way. Um, and uh, the, the, so it's actually revealed that they got scammed on this one because they're like, this is who you want. And Sparky Sparky Boom Man came and is like, there you are. So Sokka and Aang are like waiting for Toph and Tara to come back. And they're like, man, they're taking a long time. We should probably go to town to check on them. Um, and I'm super glad they did. But uh, they're like, Appa, you're in charge. <laughs> you do behave. Oh, my God. So then Momo and Hockey start fighting again. Immediately. And Appa growls. Like, just roars at them. And they're both like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so Appa much. Appa takes no shit as a babysitter. Yep. So Katara and Toph are, like, in the little wooden cell, and they realize that they were actually just the bait to bring Aang out so they could get the Avatar. And they talk out their issues, and Toph admits that she really does feel guilty and misses her parents, and then, like, they kind of cry it out, and it's super cute. Sparky Sparky Boom Man came for Aang and Sokka in the square, and Aang... Uh, saves Sokka from getting pwned. Like, yeah, like, fired. just suddenly... And it's cool, because he, like, he does a flip and, like, grabs him from the top as he flips and then just, like, pulls him with the momentum. And you're yeah. like, whoa. I know, it's super cool. Um, Katara uses her sweat to waterbend and slice the wood prison open. I cannot with this, when they're just like, oh, God, like, if there was some water... And, like, in my brain, I was like, how dry is that wood? Like, right? <laughs> is it wood treated? I don't yeah. know. I feel like there's probably moisture in it. And then she starts sweating. And fucking Toph's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm making my own water. And my note is, I'm making my own water. Gross, but I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> Real and, nasty. And then Toph's like, you're a genius. You're a stinky, a sweaty, stinky genius. sweaty genius. <laughs> I love that. Yep. Um, so Aang gets blasted into a metal statue and then falls. It's kind of cool, though, because he, like, airbends, braces his fall. Yeah. And, and then, then like, just falls again. Still. Um, and then right when Sparky Sparky Boom Man comes for Aang, Katara freezes his head. This is such a cool shot, because the yeah. ice just comes at him from a, the back of his head, and all of a sudden it's just like, whoop, yep. whoop, whoop. Literally, he's like, what the <laughs> What fuck? the fuck? Um, and then they all make a run for it. Uh, Toph earthbends rock at him on the way out, and a piece of the rock hits his third eye, and he makes, it makes, like, the laser beam all weird. It, like, misfires. Literally, but, like, it almost seems like a, like a, like a... What's the... A bug. Like, like you know, like when your computer does something stupid and it's like, oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure the whole idea behind it is, like, it's a focus. So you need to be able to, like, pinpoint focus to, mm. like, condense the energy enough to so, blow like, it up. So, like, the piece of rock. And, like, when you see, if you, like, watch his actual explosions, as it travels down the line, it, like... Like, it pops down the line, yeah. so I think those little pops are just, like, the misfire, so it's not, yeah. you can't concentrate to focus it. Yeah, no, it's actually really interesting. It's really cool how they fuck, and, like, the third eye is a legitimate thing. Yes. Um, so as they're running away, Sokka renames him to Combustion Man, because it fits so well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I found my note. It was actually Sparky Boom Boom Man, and then with the is better or is greater than the Winter Soldier nobody wanted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... And Toph asks Katara to write a letter for her to send to her parents. And then Hockey goes off to deliver it. And then Sokka goes, where'd Hockey go? Yeah, (laughs) I love that. Yep. My very last note for that is Hockey is definitely going to get eaten. Mm. Just saying. (sighs) Chapter eight. The Puppet Master. I hate this. 
this is fucked. How tense were you this whole episode? Like, how much did you know something fucked was going to happen? Because I really, really hate rewatching this episode. Immediately. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. As soon as she appeared, I was like, bro. One of the first fucking lines in this is Toph going, I hear people under the mountain and they're screaming. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. Get the fuck out of there. Yep. So this episode starts off by Sokka telling the gang a scary story by the campfire that the gang did not find scary at all. (laughs) Uh, Katara decides to tell a scary story that is a true Southern water tribe story that happened to her mom. Uh, I put in brackets, I feel so attacked by my true crime bullshit right now. (laughs) The whole time I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. So the story is a snowstorm buried their village for weeks. And then a month after the storm, her mom realized that she hadn't seen her friend Nini since the storm happened. Um, Her family also wasn't at their house, but there was a fire there that was flickering. Uh, The men went off to look for the family and Katara's mom stayed in the house by the fire. When she was alone, she heard a voice. It's so cold and I can't get warm. (gasps) The mom turned and saw Nini by the fire and she looked all like blue, like basically frostbitten uh, and like super creepy. So the mom ran out for help. And then by the time she got back with help, Nini was gone. No one knows where she went and the house stays empty to this day. But people still see smoke coming out of the house as if little Nini is trying to get warm. Oh, my God. I honestly totally blanked on the story because I was just so distracted by what episode it already was. And I was like, ah, yeah. Wow. That's a fucked up story. Right. And honestly, this whole time, I thought that lady was going to be Nini. And I was like, oh, my God, that'd be awful. (laughs) Fuck that. Um, Well, and she ends up being Water Tribe, too, so, like, that's weird. Ugh, anyway. At that moment, Toph hears people under the mountain screaming, and then she's like, oh, it stopped. And then at that moment, an old woman comes out of nowhere and scares the gang, and she was like, oh, sorry to scare you. My name is Hama, and I don't think you should be out in the forest alone. I have an inn. You guys should stay here and get spiced tea and warm beds. And the kids are like, yep, let's do that. (laughs) Let's do that now. So I forgot what epi- like it's called the puppeteer. I think is the, the puppet episode master. name. Yeah, and I was like, oh okay, weird. I don't remember anything about puppets because mm-hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't clue in for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this episode was coming. And she's like, I hear people under the mountain and they're screaming, blah blah blah. And then the second that bitch's face pops up, my note is, OMG, 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 OMG. Fuck this. I fucking <laughs> forgot what episode this was. Oh my god, this lady creeps me the fuck out so bad. <laughs> Literally yeah. just me like, ugh. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I hate this bitch. Yep, she's the worst. Um, so Hama says people have been disappearing in the woods under the full moon, um, but she assures them that they'll be safe at the inn. Uh, Sokka and Momo are having a hard time sleeping at first. They hear like a creak and then Momo's like, Meh, and Sokka's like, dude, I know. I don't think I'll be able to sleep. And then two seconds later, he's asleep. And I'm like, <laughs> Momo's just like, goddamn, fuck you men. Um, Hama Hama wakes him up in the morning with Katara to go shopping. Uh, Katara suggests Hama to try to get free sausages from someone because she's like, oh, I think that guy likes you. Let's try to get free shit. And Hama's like, you would have me use my feminine charm to take advantage of that poor man? You and I will get along swimmingly. Yeah, I love them. (laughs) I hate how well they build this relationship with her and Katara. I hate it so much. And at this point, I was like, maybe that's Nini. Because, like, I loved that thing but i can't even remember what my reaction was to this episode the first time i'm pretty sure i was just like generally creeped out i was like this is yeah. weird but like there's a couple episodes kind of like that in avatar yeah. so i was just like okay whatever and then yeah. i got to the end and i was like jesus fuck but now re-watching the episode i'm like i hate this yeah i hate this mm-hmm. 
we hear by passersby saying that tomorrow night is the full moon because there's like a store that's like, oh my god, like you don't have this thing, and he's like, well, I can't get it. It's a two day trip and, and it's a full moon. Yeah, so like I'm not losing another fucking store, dude, getting it. And literally the customer's just like, oh yeah, true, full moon, don't do that. Yeah. So Sokka says it's spirit world shenanigans, mm-hmm. and Aang thinks they can figure out what the people did to the environment to make them mad. Which I love because it is very much a common thing that this village has done something to anger the spirits of the environment and that's their solution they're like okay cool yep um hamas sends the kids back to the inn with the food and then before they leave sokka says she has oh sokka's like hey hama you have a mysterious town and she says mysterious town for mysterious children and sokka's like that's suspicious sokka is struck by that yeah so sokka's like she's fucking sketchy and katara's like no she actually reminds me of grand grand and sokka's like she reminds me of nini <laughs> literally she's he's like nah i'm gonna go start snooping and they're all like bro she's gonna come back and he just keeps snooping um he finds a closet with puppets which are super creepy um and then a locked door with just a chest sitting inside of it uh Sokka breaks in but the chest is locked and then Toph earth bends a key which is dope dope um and then before they open it Hema tells them they'll show them she'll show them what's inside um it's a family heirloom comb from the southern water tribe Sokka apologizes for sneaking around and Hema accepts the apology and then they start cooking a water tribe feast which is like sort of water tribe but not um, Aang tries to feed Appa, but he refused it, which I just thought was funny. Um, I think it was no, like the... It's, he brings out a cabbage, and first of all, he brings out one cabbage yeah. and offers it and, like, puts it on the ground, and him and Momo are there, mm-hmm. and uh, Appa eats it and closes his mouth, and then Momo comes over, and he's like, like, he just chirps at him, oh. and Momo's like, or Appa's like, mm, and, like, lets the cabbage go. And then Momo takes the whole cabbage and runs off with it. It's, like, a two-second little clip. Oh. But I just remember it because I was like, you're really going to give Appa one cabbage? Like, it's yeah. this teeny tiny little thing in his huge mouth, and then Momo just runs off with it. And I was like, wow. Wow. You fucking suck, Momo. I love you. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm glad that you caught that because I was like, I don't know why we're seeing him refuse a cabbage. It's just like a quick little like, I don't even know what their intention was in doing it, but it just made me laugh. Um, So Hama waterbends the soup into the bowls at dinner and Katara's like, bro, I've never met another waterbender from our tribe before. That's super cool. Also, like, I don't know, again, this is back to like you being creeped out by the episode. There's so many times in the episode where the music itself crescendos in weird ways Mm -hmm. to like even someone like me knowing what happens in the fucking episode it just kept happening and i kept being like oh oh something's gonna happen something's gonna happen and then she yeah. just like like she bent the soup and like my brain was like oh they're gonna get trapped by the soup and then she just puts the soup in the bowls and you're like i hate this <laughs> yeah this is my least favorite kind of horror uh-huh <laughs> um Hama explains to katara that the fire nation wiped all of the waterbenders out and she ended up being the last one um, at the tribe. Uh, she says she was stolen from her home and they raided many times and captured more and more waterbenders each time until she was the only one left. They eventually captured her and put them in terrible prisons, but she managed to escape. Uh, Sokka wanted to know more, but she said it's too painful to talk about, and Katara says she understands because they lost her mom in a raid um, and that Hama is actually a hero to her. Hama wants to teach Katara Southern Water Tribe traditions with bending, and Katara's like, bro, to learn about my culture and water bending? Fuck yeah. So Hama starts teaching her <laughs> uh, that she can actually pull water from thin air if she can keep an open mind. And I was like, dang, that's fucking sick. And like, 
kind of comes back to what we were talking about in like the first season we were like there's moisture in clouds there's moisture here like there's water everywhere literally where there is life there is water like yeah. that's the whole thing exactly but um, it's kind of like that. Yep. <laughs> uh, Aang and the rest of the gang try to investigate the land, but Aang can't find anything that they've tampered with. Toph says maybe the moon spirit turned mean. And Sokka Aww. freaks out and says the moon spirit is a gentle, loving lady and she rules the sky with compassion and lunar goodness. And it kind of makes you like remember that Toph wasn't with them when that happened. Like Literally. she knows nothing about that. <laughs> so Toph's just like, uh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Um, Aang asked some random about the spirit who steals people, and there was a man called Old Man Ding who had <laughs> seen the spirit and lived to tell the tale. So uh, they ended up going to find him. Hama brought Katara to a fire lily field. and That's so pretty. I know. And taught her that there is tons of water in the lilies, um, as in all living beings, where there is life, there is water. Um, and But when she takes the water from them, they die. And Katara's like, man, that sucks about the flowers. And Hamas says, you know, they're just flowers and you need to be resourceful in strange lands. Like, this could save your life eventually. Uh, she tells her tonight she will teach her the ultimate technique of waterbending that can only be done during the full moon. Ugh. I'm like, dude, that's such a giveaway. That's but so whatever. sketchy. <laughs> yep. Um, when the bending is at its peak, like waterbending. Um, and Katara asks, she's like, isn't that dangerous? Because, like, all the people disappearing? And Amaz's like, bro, we're two waterbenders. We'll be fine. Literally, she's like, two master waterbenders beneath a full moon. I don't think we have anything to worry about. And then afterwards, I wrote, accept each other, you crazy bitch. Yup. Uh, so the gang finds old man Ding, and he says he didn't see the spirit, but he felt like he was possessed. It wanted him to walk toward the mountain, and he tried to fight it, but he couldn't control his own limbs. He looked up at the moon, thinking it was his last look at the moon. But then the sun started to rise, and he could control his own limbs again. Uh, Toph remembers that she heard people screaming from there, and that they must still be there, so they run to the mountain. Uh, Hama asks Katara if she can feel the power from the full moon. It has blessed waterbenders for generations. And, like, as she's saying this, she's getting all weird, and you can see her arms starting to get, like, compressed. Like, the like water's... Like, veiny and weird. Yeah, like, the water's, it. like, leaving her. It, like, it shows a shot of, like, her hand flexing at her side, and it is very classic witch hand. Yeah. And you're like, ugh. And she's like, I've never felt more alive. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? My note right now is just, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. <laughs> and then Brackett's, like, waiting for the fight to happen. Yep. Uh, Toph earthbends the door under the, mount the mountain open and finds all the prisoners chained up. Um, I think it was Aang or Sokka. I think it's Aang. One of them is like, what kind of spirit would make a, like, a jail like this? And the prisoner's like, nah, it's not a spirit, it's a witch. She looks like a normal old lady, but then she controls people like a dark puppet master. And Sokka's like, oh, creepy puppets, like that in lady? And they're all like, yeah, that bitch. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Toph gets the people out of there and Aang and Sokka go to find Katara and Hama. <sighs> Hama says she is going to teach Katara what she found when she was in the prison. So the guards always kept water away from the waterbenders. They piped in dried air, which I thought was interesting, mm -hmm. uh, and would tie them up before giving them water to drink so they couldn't bend. Any sign of trouble meant they would be punished. Um, but she said she could still feel the full moon's energy from within the prison and remember that there is where there is life, there is water. She used the water... Um, and the rat. I know, but I somehow, I don't know. I kind of spoiled it in this line for some reason. Oh. Anyway, um, she realized uh, that she used the water from the blood in some rats to control their bodies, and she called it bloodbending. Mm -hmm. 
So once she could completely control the rats, she moved on to the guards, and during the full moon, she was able to escape. Unlocked Uh, by the door of her own captor. Yep. Katara is super troubled by this story and says that she doesn't want that power. And Hama says it's not her choice because the power exists and it's her duty to use it and win the war. And I'm like, what the fuck? Um, Hama reminds her that they tried to wipe out their entire culture, so she should be like, bro, who gives a fuck about them? And Katara then figures out that Hama is the one that is capturing people. Hama says Katara must continue her work when she's gone, and Katara refuses. Because, as note, she's currently living in a Fire Nation village. Yes. So I'm pretty sure she's just capturing Fire Nation people because she's like, fuck your nation. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Hama then, when Katara refuses, starts controlling her. And she was like, you should have learned how to bloodbend before you turned on me. Which, like, yeah, fair. Katara <laughs> begs her to stop and Hama evil laughs. Um, and then you see Katara feeling the power from the moon. And she takes water from the grass beneath her. Like, you see a circle around her just die from the grass. And you're like, bruh. And she's like, um, oh, sorry. And her, she also, like, her tears come and, like, they kind of disappear. So you can see that she's taking that water. And she's like, you're not the only one to take power from the full moon. I am more powerful than you. And bloodbending is useless on me. And I was like, yeah, she just, like, stops it. And, like, when she says, like, I'm more powerful than you, you're like, fuck, you're right. Like, you're a more powerful bender than this bitch. Period. Um, so they start an epic bending fight that so sick. knocks Hama on her ass. Um, then Aang and Sokka show up and tell her Hama's... Oh, and they're like, Hama, you're outnumbered. <laughs> and then Hama starts bloodbending Aang and Sokka. And they're like, nope, Katara's outnumbered. And start uh-huh. controlling her at Katara. Um, so Hama puts Sokka and Aang... Sorry. <clears throat> They like so Sokka's like even using his sword and he's like, Oh my god, Katara, look out, I'm sorry, like this is terrible. The I whole can't time control myself. It's kind of funny. Literally. So like she ends up like evading them and like freezes them to trees and she's like, nah, we're good. But then Hama puts Sokka and Aang like at each other and she was like, You need to like make them stop. They're gonna kill each other. And then they just all of a sudden like they get this close, so close, and they stop. And then you see that Katara did blood bend, but she blood bended Hama mm-hmm. to make her stop bloodbending Aang and Sokka. So Toph and the rest of the prisoners show up and then they lock Hama up and then as they're leaving Hama congratulates Katara on bloodbending and then Katara starts to cry. Yeah she's like congratulations either way you know how to bloodbend now which is like so fucked. Mm-hmm. Like she forced that ability on Katara kind of. Yeah. But also, can we just talk for a second about how Hama was saying that it took her decades? Like, when she left, she was like, I left my prison for decades or whatever. So she specifically says it takes her at least more than one decade to master bloodbending. Mm-hmm. Katara sees it done once and is like, nope, mm-hmm. ain't doing it. Don't need to learn it. Don't mm-hmm. need nothing. Like, stops herself from being bloodbended and is able to bloodbend her without ever actually learning any technique. I will point out that Although she didn't learn it, I feel like she probably had more insight because Hama bloodbended her. So she probably, she could, probably feel could feel the water what was moving. happening. And like, she just is very good at picking up on things like that. Like the yeah. fact that she pulled the water from the grass. Like mm-hmm. she just is a master bender. So I feel like once her mind is open to those as possibilities, she's like, oh, okay, cool. Let's go. Yep. But yeah, craziness. Yup. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> secondary do we got waves why does it sound so loud maybe because it's i don't know i was gonna say maybe because it's quieter but i think it's just because i've been listening to like 
No. I, I feel like I knew that when I was like six. <laughs> Good to know that my ears can at least pick up on that. That sounds more normal. Okay. 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 So here is the earth. <laughs> Chapter nine. Nightmares and Daydreams. This summary (laughs) is going to be a little fucked. Oh, man. But here we go. Such a rough episode. Yeah. Um, I'm actually kind of glad we're ending on this note and not the last episode because the last episode was a lot. Yeah. So, uh, Sokka and his dad found a spot before they all separated for a rendezvous point for the invasion force. It's like a cool little island with like a little like... There's a bay, but it's surrounded yeah. by cliffs. Yeah, so it's, like, actually real noise. Um, Katara says they're there for four... Sorry, that they are there four days ahead of schedule, which makes Aang freak out. And Sokka says, whatever, it's four days from now, and goes right to sleep. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> bye. Yeah. Um, Katara tells Aang to rest, and this is where the nightmares begin. Before we get into the nightmares, my first note for this episode is, oh my god, are those koala sheep? Because, Christ almighty, they're so cute. Oh, they're I, little sheep, but they have like a weird koala nose. See, I was actually, I think I have a note about that later because I thought the sheep were just sheep. They look normal to me. And then later in the episode. I thought they were sheep at first and yeah. then I saw the nose and I was like, what is that? Yeah. Because I just, I remember that all their animals, like I don't think. Except, oh, for, except Bosco. for Bosco. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I don't think there's a single Bosco. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It, there's never been any not combo animals. So I was just like, is that a koala? Like, I yeah. don't know. And the last time the subtitles gave it away, the ostrich horse. Right. It said, but when they buy, it just says sheep. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what to think about this. Maybe <laughs> either the subtitles don't know. That's or... I was like, they just might not know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my second note is also, and I mentioned it a couple times in the other things, like in my note, but I fucking skipped over when we were talking about it. Uh, as the episodes go on, you can see just so slightly Aang's hair getting like longer and shaggier. Yeah. It's so subtle, but like every so often they just make a point of being like, hey, his hair's a little longer. It's getting a little crazier. You're totally right. Actually, in the scam episode specifically, it I noticed shows, it was super shaggy. And it was weird. It's the, It's basically like a passing of time thing that they use and yeah like in the middle of my note it's like ang's hair is suddenly longer because i guess they hung out at that place for a while yeah yeah so that's cool i also didn't picture him as a brunette so that was weird right i don't realize that you don't see his hair color until then and then you're like his hair is so dark Uh uh-huh like holy shit yeah it's crazy um okay so he has a dream where I think he looks like Goku. Yeah, my note is OMG, Aang's Goku anime dream. This is great. Yep. Um, Aang tells the Fire Lord that he will take him down. And the Fire Lord, the Fire Lord says, oh yeah? How are you going to do that with no pants? <laughs> Aang freaks out, tries to cover up, and then a bunch of huge eyes like come out from the cave and just are looking at him and like laughing at him. Very classic nightmare shit. Uh-huh. Uh, he leaves in embarrassment and wakes up, and then he's like, well, I'm up. I might as well start training. Um, we cut to Zuko, and the guards are trying to dote on him. Um, and he actually takes nothing except for the hot towel, which I thought was a good choice. They were like, hey, Zuko, do you want this? Do you want that? And he's like, nah. And then they're like, hot towel? And he like looks at it, and he's like, 
yeah, I'm going to take that hot towel. And it's, I don't know if it's meant to be this way, but it reminded me of this thing that just recently happened in Downton Abbey. Someone comes to the Abbey and like, they're not from that hoity-toity thing. So like he gets uh, a butler who like, he dresses him and helps him with his cufflinks and stuff. And at first he's really like, I don't need a man to dress me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And at one point he's just like, like the butler's like, it's my job. Like, it's what I want to do. And the guy's just like, seems like a silly job for a grown man. And like, the dude's just like, like dead because like that's a really honorable job to have yeah. for someone in that time and like he kind of realizes like oh fuck like I hurt this guy's feelings and then he talks to the family about it later and he's like like listen they're just trying to do their job they want to help you they're there to support you like let them yeah why what do you gain by not letting them do it and he was like all right fuck you're true you're true you're right yep and then he goes back and he's like oh like what cufflinks do you recommend for dinner or whatever and the dude just like lights up when he like finally accepts it so I kind of got that feel from it where it was like he wasn't used to the servants doting on him and stuff. And yeah. he was just like hot towel. And he was like, yeah, OK, like, fine. Yeah. Cool. That's fine. Yeah. And I also like I like that take on it because my take on it was more like I think he was just being like, I'm above what you guys are offering. Like It's like hard to really figure out yeah. what the fuck kind of feel he's going for. This episode is very confusing. From Zuko. It's really confusing. <laughs> um. There are, uh, they open the gates and there's a bunch of ladies like screaming for him, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and then Zuko goes to walk to May's house, but the guard's like, princes don't walk anywhere. So like he gets carried over to May's house, which is literally like 20 Across yards. The street. <laughs> literally, it's not far. I love it. Um, and then Aang, we cut back to Aang. He's still training when everyone else wakes up. Uh, Katara reminds him that there is such a thing as overtraining and Aang says she doesn't get it because his form is bad, he's sloppy, and he still doesn't know any firebending, like not even the basic moves. Uh, Sokka says the eclipse will block all firebending so he doesn't need to know it. And he's like, plus it's a stupid element. <laughs> um, I also want to point out right now on the podcast. Uh-huh. There's going to come, like, some for some reason, I just have a feeling that, like, I know the eclipse is a thing and it's supposed to block off firebending, but I'm pretty sure he's still going to have to know, like, firebending at the end of the day to, like, do stuff. So I feel like he should be actually trying to learn it. I think it's really weird that he hasn't yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've been busy. And uh -huh. it's a hard thing to learn when you're emotionally all over the place. Yeah. But anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, Aang also says, uh, he's like, fine, but he still has work to do on the other elements and he continues training until really late when all the rest of the gang has already gone to bed. So he has another nightmare. Um, so he goes in the same way to the Fire Lord, uh, and this time he's chained up himself in his pants. <laughs> so he's like, I got pants this time. And the Fire Lord says, cool, but are you ready for your math test? <laughs> Much. <laughs> Aang freaks out and then falls literally into an epitome of death. He's like, like I didn't study. Literally. <laughs> he's like, no. Also, I love in the dream, like where he's the Goku guy, the arrow on his forehead is just like a headband that he's wearing. Right? It makes me laugh. I know. Um, he wakes up and then he starts like frantically trying to herd the sheep or maybe count them. I don't know. He's just like circling the sheep. And Katara, like, wakes up and she's like, bro, like, we, you gotta sleep. This is a lot. And she, like, literally begs him and finally agrees. Uh, he finally agrees to go to sleep. Also, two notes. First one, how the fuck do these people sleep without blankets? 
Bruh. Not only are they just sleeping outside, not a single blanket. I would mm. not. I Under not. or over. Like, I, I can't. Yeah. I get that, like, they're traveling and stuff. I need a blanket over top of me. I would not be able to feel that breeze all night and mm. feel safe sleeping. No. I've never felt more blessed to have four walls around me while I'm sleeping. Um, second note, when he gets up, he, like, startles Momo, and Momo, like, freaks out, and he's like, it's okay, it was just a dream, Momo, I still have my pants, and then he starts going out to hurt the sheep, and I just thought that was so fucking funny. Oh, that's so cute. I still have my pants, and I was like, aw, yep. he's just a kid. Right? Um, cool. So then we go back to Zuko, um, he asks May if, uh, if you could have anything right now, what would it be? Sorry, if you could have anything that you wanted right now, what would it be? Uh, she says, a big fancy fruit tart with rose petals on top, which is super fucking weird. Who yeah. wants to eat rose petals? Um, Zuko says, being a prince, I can probably get that for you. Um, and then, so he orders someone to get it, and they're like, good. And then May says, you know, there are definite perks to being royalty. And then she's like, there are also downsides, though, like that all-day war meeting. And Zuko is like, what the fuck are you talking about? All day war meeting? Yeah. And May's like, well, Azula mentioned it. I just figured you knew. And Zuko was like, nope. So, yeah, he found out he was not invited to this all day war meeting. Um, Ozai, uh, Ozai woke Aang up. So, autocorrect must have uh, corrected that. Because, oh, Oh, no, it's probably no, the I dream. Think it is. It's the dream where he wakes him up and he's like, hey, the war. I was like, no, I think you're right, but I can't really remember why. <laughs> I should have just kept reading. Ozai woke Aang up saying he overslept and missed the invasion. So he wakes up Sokka demanding to know what day it is. Um, like, Aang actually really wakes up demanding to know what the date is. Um, once he knows it's still only two days until then, he tells Sokka... He goes, you need to practice rock climbing because in my dream, you were too slow and you got captured. So you need to go and prove your rock climbing skills. And Sokka's like, it's just a dream. I'm a great climber. And then Aang's like, prove it. And Sokka's like, he like looks at the cliff and like looks back at Aang and Aang's like, go, go. And Sokka's like, fuck. (laughs) Fine. Yeah. Uh, So he starts climbing the cliff. Um, Aang starts to relax seeing him climb. And then he's like, wait, tough don't drink that water like yells at her and then you see Sokka (laughs) fly off the cliff um because in his dream they had to stop fighting because she had to pee so they lost the war because of her tiny bladder I love that because Toph's like what is it poisonous and he's like no you drank water in my dream and you had to pee and that's why we lost the war because of your small bladder and you're just like oh my god yep and then he goes, and then Katara, you need to wear your hair up because I got caught in a train. And then Katara's like, bro, <laughs> like, <laughs> call me. You need to breathe. Also, I will say, good point, Aang. You probably should start wearing your hair up while you're training and fighting. You definitely should wear your hair up, girl. Just it looks saying. real good down, but like when you're fighting, maybe put it up. Maybe put it on. Like right. a braid, maybe? Yeah. Just saying. Anyway. Um, Katara tells him that he's unraveling and he needs to chill uh Sokka falls from the cliff again (laughs) um Aang says that every time he thinks about how stressed he is it just gets worse and he turns into like this big snowball of stress my note there is just Aang is the epitome of anxiety (laughs) yep uh and then Sokka says uh of course you're stressed you need to fight the fire lord the baddest man on the planet and if you don't win we're all done for and Guitar goes bro you're not helping helping. (laughs) he's like what I'm just saying yeah and Aang just gets visibly more stressed Mm -hmm. Uh, Katara's like, hey, I think I know what'll calm you down. So they start doing hot yoga. 
I love. Which is so funny. Each of the friends is like, I got something that'll help. Yeah. So Katara tries hot yoga because it will clear his chi pads. Uh, so they're like doing yoga. And then Katara's like, so how do you feel? And Aang's like, I just feel like warm, really warm. And Katara's like, okay, that's cool. And he's like, keep going. But it's reminding me of being in the Fire Lord's palace and fireballs are being thrown. And oh my God, we're losing the war. The world's on fire. Yeah. And Katara's like, you just need to talk this shit out i don't think this is the right path <laughs> uh so i love it just cuts to a scene ang's laying on the grass using a sheep for a pillow yeah. uh sokka has his beard on again yeah and he pretends to be a therapist which like i love that that implies that after he got the beard off he somehow managed to save it right <laughs> okay see i just kind of assumed he made a new one it looks exactly the same i, so I was kind of like did he just yeah right. i wouldn't put it past sokka uh-huh um, so he talks, he tells Aang, like, how do you feel about that? Classic therapist yeah. lines. And uh, Aang basically is like, you know, if, it feels like if I don't succeed, the world's going to end. And Sokka's like, our problems always feel like the end of the world, don't they? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. He's just like, it is the end of the world, though. Literally. And Aang's like, so what can I do to feel better? So Sokka gives him a pillow to scream into, which is really just a sheep. Um, and Aang does it and no relief comes and the sheep is also very unbothered by the scream. Yeah, she was just like, meh. Yeah, like what? Um, and then we cut to Azula. Uh, so she's like, like straight up getting her hair like combed and like through the water. I'm like, bitch, you getting pampered. Yeah, man. Um, and Zuko comes in and she's like, bro, I'm getting the royal combing right now. Like, wait your turn. <laughs> Uh, but Zuko confronts her about the all-day war meeting, and Azula says he's welcome to come, and probably only wasn't invited because it's so obvious that he would be there. Uh, Zuko says that she she was invited, so obviously that's not the case, so he is not going. Um, Toph, go back to the gang... Toph says that a backpounding will probably help Aang. So she has him lay on like a bed of rocks and she just like stomps on the ground and makes the rocks stomp up against his back. And he's like, uh, bro, this is a lot. This I think I'm me. getting bruised. <laughs> yep. And then he, so she stops and then he like reverberates onto the ground. And Toph's like, sorry, I forgot you have baby skin. <laughs> my note for this is just Toph, please pound my back. Yeah. <laughs> like I just saw it and I was like, ah, oh, I need that. Right. I need that. I just need a bunch of rocks to just punch me in the back. Uh-huh. God damn it. Toph also says they could try acupuncture with, I think, a porcupine. <laughs> Literally yeets a porcupine out of the fucking forest. And uh-huh. like, there you go. And Aang just runs away. He's like, nah. Um, May tries to comfort Zuko by telling him it's a dumb meeting, so here, who cares? And remember what happened at the last war meeting? Rough. Way to bring that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Zuka's just like yeah dude i know yeah Zuka's like yeah i get it and then she was like well you know what ordering servants might make you feel better ordering them around and then Zuko just doesn't respond like he's not consolable he's super upset also i think this is really a really cool moment to like show may actually trying to help zuko and like comfort him and stuff yeah. and like when he doesn't react at all, she, like, gives him a sad look. And you're like, oh, cool. She does care. Yeah. Nice. She's actually trying. You're super less obnoxious when you're like this. Yeah. Awesome. Good for you. Right? Um. So at the end of the day, I quoted him because this is my favorite line he's ever said, I think. So at the end of the day, Aang says, thanks for the help. And Katara asks if he feels less stressed. And Aang says, uh, I kind of think I sort of might slightly feel a little better. 
maybe. <laughs> and I was just like, me. Me. <laughs> me. Uh, Sokka says, oh, cool. Our work here is done. And literally everyone else goes to sleep. And Aang is just kind of like, oh, I'm still super fucking stressed. And then tries to go to sleep. So that night he has a dream that he has to defeat a giant Momo. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to defeat him with the rest of them on Appa. And he goes into the Fire Lord's temple and he sees Toph, but she has no eyeballs. And then she goes down into a trap door. Sokka is engulfed by dirt or something. It's like a very much nonsensical, crazy person, all yeah. the bad thing. Like, it is a nightmare of yeah. nightmares. Sokka's engulfed by something. Uh, Katara is stuck in flames and Aang can't save her because he gets frozen. Uh, he then falls in a pit of water and then on the other side of the like he falls down and then comes to the floor and the floor oh, flips yeah. and it's an it's ice uh-huh. and on the other side of the ice is Zuko. I just got chills when I remembered how that dream ended. Right. And it's like not current Zuko. It's old like that's very chapter true. one yeah. like shave sides dumb ponytail Zuko. Yeah. It's very like wow. Uh, yeah. I forgot about that. I didn't like that. Uh-huh. Um, a comet comes crashing down. And Momo, shh, which is scary. <laughs> right? And then when the comet crashes, the land is filled with magma and rock. And that's when Aang wakes up screaming and he wakes everyone up. And Aang's like, oh my God, this is so stupid. I'm just not going to stay. I'm just going to stay awake straight through to the invasion. I can't sleep anymore. Uh, and the gang's all like, that's not a great idea, but whatever. Uh, so then the next morning, Katara says staying up all night can't be good for him. Uh, but Aang was like, you know what? It gives me time to think. And I'm realizing big things now that really matter. Uh, and he says that he's doing all this to save the world and for the people that he loves. And he says, I'm doing it for you, Katara. And Katara's like, what, what are you saying? Oh, my God. I, for- I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he was like. I'm saying I love you. And then he kisses her and she kisses back. And I'm like, Angtara rules. Uh, But also like, and it might just be because I know the thing, but just the way they're talking is super weird. Like he's like, I got you, baby girl, oh, or whatever up. it is. Yep. Oh, okay, it's after. I was yep. like, what the fuck? Literally, I'm like, Angtara, yes. And then they, after they kiss, Katara's like, what are we doing? And he's like, what our hearts have been telling us to do for a long, long time. Baby, you're my forever girl. That's it, baby, you're my forever girl. I can't. <laughs> and then he, like, dips her down and goes to kiss her again. And then literally reality hits and Katara's like, Aang, I was just saying you should take a nap. And Hank's like, oh, I uh, must have drifted off into a daydream. And she was like, what was it about? And he was like, living underwater. And she was like, cool. And walks away. And I was like, I was so sad that wasn't real. I love it so much. So sad. Um, Cuts back to uh, Zuko. So a guard comes to get Zuko for the meeting. They said, everyone's waiting for you. Like, let's go, Prince Zuko. And Zuko's like, what the shit? Everyone's waiting for me? And the guard's like, yeah, like, your dad. Oh, no, we don't find that out later. But the guard's like, yeah, like, everyone's waiting for you. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, he's like, they, they won't start till you arrive. Yeah. Um, so that's super cool. Uh, Aang is back to Aang. He's training again and he actually ends up knocking Sokka down because he isn't careful and he's super tired. He literally hung a poster up like the picture of Ozai he had (laughs) and he like put all his energy at it and could not fucking hit it. I also love that it's the macaroni version. True. The noodle one. That he uses. Yeah. The noodle version. Not the real painting. (laughs) Fair enough. 
Um, so he like loses his shit, and then Sokka's like, "Bro, I'm trying to make armor for Appa. Can you fuck off?" Which like, I love. I know. I'm so happy. Uh, and then he hears a voice that's like, "Wow, you are really starting to lose it, kid." And Aang like looks back. It's like, "Momo, did you hear something?" And Momo's like, "Nah, but I said something." <laughs> He's like, you're just a few plums short of a fruit pie. And Aang, like, shakes his head. And then Momo's just, like, back to chirping. So he's just like, oh, my God, Momo. I just thought you were talking. And then he starts, like, chittering with Momo because Momo's like, bro, I don't know. And he's like, oh, sorry. And, like, starts talking to Momo. And it, like, slowly pans to the group. And the group's just looking at him, like, chittering at Momo. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Katara's like. Okay, we're worried about you. Um, Sokka's like, you've been awake too long. Uh, Toph's like, you're acting weird. And then Appa says, you have to take care of yourself. I love it. You can't go on like this. Aang's like, oh my god, I appreciate this, but the stress from the nightmares is too much. And then Momo goes to Appa, yeah, leave the kid alone. And Appa's like, hey, who asked you? And then they start like fighting. Aang's like, guys, stop. Um, and Appa's like, no, I'm sick of this guy mouthing off and telling me what to do. Momo's like, you don't like it? Let's go right now. And then they actually start to duel. Um, Aang goes to Sokka and's like, what should we do? And Sokka's like, about what? Because <laughs> clearly he can't see what's going on. And then it pans over. It pans over and Momo and Appa are in armor. Full on samurai getups. They have weapons. Appa has four swords. It's so, and armor. <laughs> yeah. And Momo was in, like, the little, like, Komodo thing. Literally. I love it. With a little bun. I know. He's so cute. Yep. They start fighting. Momo's actually, like, holding his own. That's a really good fight. I know. And the crowd is, like, all the sheep. In oh, there. yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. They're split into Momo, Momo, Appa, Appa. It's like, oh, my God. Um, And then a guy comes in on a cloud. He starts singing about chakras on the guitar. It's, it's the old... um. I couldn't remember. The old, I can't remember his name, but he's the old guy that meets Appa at the temple and also sees Aang and helps Appa and Aang. Oh. When, like, Appa oh. gets lost during Appa's lost days. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I probably just blocked that out of my mind. Yep. It's too traumatic. But he's the guy that helps Aang okay. open his chakras. Okay, That's why he's enough. like, chakras, chakras. Literally, I was like, what the fuck is this? It just gets really fucking loopy. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the sheeps have, like, these really weird animated faces. They do. And, like, it's loopy. Uh-huh. Um, a rock snake starts to circle Aang. The tree comes to life and starts dancing. And Aang's just like, I need to jump into cold waterfall. And then he jumps, like, through the bush to, like, run off. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is nuts. Cuts back to Zuko. <laughs> So he leaves the meeting and May asks how it went. He was like, everyone welcomed me. My father saved me a seat right next to him. Like, I was his right hand and he treated me like his right hand. Like, it was kind of cool or whatever. May says, you must be happy. And Zuko's like, during the meeting, I was the perfect prince. The son my father always wanted. But I wasn't me. And I was like hashtag Zuko realizing the person he was trying to be all along wasn't him. Yep. It's so painful for him to figure it out that way. I know. To just be like, he got what he wanted and he's like, I don't want it anymore. I know. Like he didn't quite say it in those words, but like it wasn't what he wanted. No. And he knows that it's not. And I feel like that's been a lot of his struggle and why he's been so like volatile the last couple episodes. And Mm -hmm. now he's just like, fuck. Yep. Great. Uh, cuts back to Aang. <laughs> uh, so he 
I, it looks like he's walking out actually to the waterfall. Um, and then he starts like, he sees this bed full of clouds and he's like, oh, great. Another hallucination. And the gang's like, no, no, no. Like we spent hours making this for you. It's an actual bed. We need you to fucking sleep. <laughs> like, and please. It's like, they show the like cloud looking bed and then it pans over to like a bunch of the sheep Ball that just have sheep. no fur anymore yeah. and no like wool. And they're just like, meh. The bed looks super comfy though. I am so jealous of that Literally. cloud bed. It yeah. looks, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Aang says he can't sleep because he still needs training. And Katara's like, you've been training since the day we met you. You're smart and strong. You're sorry. You're smart enough, strong enough, and brave enough to do this. And Aang's like, you think so? And Sokka says, we all do. Like, you can do this. You're ready. And Toph's like, you're you're the man, Twinkle Toes. <laughs> and then Aang's like, oh, thanks. And then actually goes to sleep thinking he's ready. I'm like, all this boy needed was affirmation from his friends. I love it. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. Uh, so then he goes to sleep and he has a dream that he goes to take on the Fire Lord again. And the Fire Lord says <laughs> the no pants thing. He's like, oh, well, you don't have any pants. And Aang says, no, you're not wearing pants. And then Ozai freaks out and gets embarrassed. And he's like, my royal parts are showing. Yeah, <laughs> my royal bottom. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, I love that. No yeah. Fire Lord Ozai, you're not wearing pants. Yeah. And yeah, that's literally the episode like fades out from that. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, the episode was so loopy. I'm like writing the summary. I'm like, none of this makes this fucking makes sense. sense. <laughs> Especially when it gets to like the really like crazy dream where like, oh yeah, Toph has no eyes. And, like, that was really freaky to see Toph with no eyeballs. Uh, it really is not cool. No. Um, but yeah. What so that fun, was book three, one through nine. Fun place to leave ourselves. And literally. Actually, it is pretty fun. A day. Well, now he's sleeping. So when he wakes up, it should be the day of the invasion. No, I think Or the one day more before. Day. Yeah. I think the other group is supposed to meet them there a day before. I think is what it is. I could. I just closed my notes. I don't really want to look again. But it's either the either day way. of or the day before. Yeah. Either way. They are close and we still got like you know what 12 episodes left. i think it's the day of because i was like girl we probably shouldn't go to episode 10 because the next day is the, it, the episode, episode is called the invasion part one yeah but yeah. i don't know if they actually like get to invading yeah a lot of like talking and stuff that needs to happen first that's fair and reintroducing of lots of old characters i was actually thinking about that going into it because there is oh like a really big note that i want to make about the series as a whole on mm-hmm. the next thing but it wasn't super relevant in this section because not a lot of people came back from other episodes but i'm super excited for the next chunk mm-hmm. by the way for anyone that's still here uh the f- like last chunk is gonna be done in two bits yeah so i'm pretty sure we're gonna do episodes 10 to i think it'll be 17 yeah and then we'll do 18 19 20 21 because that is uh i think it's called the, the comet of a dozen's dozen's comet Whatever. They're a group of episodes at the yeah. end. Yeah. Which is wild to think that this invasion is going to take 12 episodes. Holy fuck. To deal with. Yeah. Like, we're going to be stopping in the middle of the fight. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. I'm super excited. Yep. All right. Well, watch the show. Yes. And then join us next time for the next I was going to say, follow along with us because I've loved the show the whole time, but it's just getting real intense it's now. It's so good. It's like, 
I find the show right now is like hitting super hard for the feels and then also hitting super hard for the goofy. Like it's like whatever it's doing, it's hitting fucking hard. It starts out. And that's like why the, the summaries were so in depth because I was like, I can't leave anything out. I, everything is important. Literally yeah. everything is important in this show. Yeah. Even the shit that earlier on you're like, that wasn't important. It fucking comes back. It always does. And mm-hmm. it's wild that these people even can remember those details to bring them back. Yep. I don't know what kind of company like made this shit, but mm-hmm. damn. Also, they have a role, uh, tabletop role-playing game now for Avatar oh, that shit. like is licensed to so, like official shit. Damn. I really want it. Me too. Like I have wanted to do D&D bending so bad, but it's just very daunting to think of the mechanics to come up with for mm-hmm. it. And now they're just going to hand them to me? That would be sick. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So that'll probably be a thing in the future that we'll be looking into doing. Yes. Which would be super sick. Yep. But anyways, it's late. Yeah, we leaving. <laughs> Bye. Bye.